and welcome into Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you are, are enjoying the basketball season. It is another wacky, wild ride in Division Three basketball. Another wacky Wednesday as well uh, as uh, it is. I'm telling you, it's something about Wednesdays. Uh, you get plenty of upsets. I'm not saying upsets aren't happening on other nights. They certainly happen on Saturdays, but there's something about Wednesday this season. That it just does not bode well if you are a top 25 lover, if you are a conference runner along, as it were, in the lead. Um, it's just been a battle. And yet again, it is a battle on Wednesday nights. In Division Three, as the undefeated team, no more in men's basketball. We lost the 53-game uh, winning streak for women's basketball um, by... FDU Florham just uh, the other night uh, on Saturday, and Marietta loses is the last men's team to stand up. Chapman in the meantime it was the second to last. By the way, they've now lost three games, losing again on Wednesday as well, or was it back on Tuesday? Um, but Marietta losing to Mount Union, not a surprise. I mean, listen, Mount Union's a good team, and I don't think any Marietta fan thought they were going to get through the rest of the season unscathed, at least realistically. They probably hoped it. Probably hoped it, but probably looked at games like Mount Union and John Carroll on the schedule and went, eh, yeah, I, I don't know about this. And lo and behold, I don't know about this is the case. So congratulations um, to everybody for not having an undefeated team make the NCAA tournament. As again, Marietta loses. Uh, Augustana spanked Illinois Wesleyan. Uh, remember, Illinois Wesleyan beat Augustana. Um, at Augustana, Augustana returned the favor and then some. Absolutely destroyed them. Um, wasn't even close in that one. So, you know, no surprise, certainly. Uh, I'm not going to say there was a surprise there. But uh, at the same time, just craziness, to say the least. So, um, destruction of plenty. Let's just say destruction of plenty uh, in Division Three men's and women's basketball. In recent um, days, not really women's basketball, I shouldn't say that, men's basketball. We'll keep eyes on scores tonight, but certainly there's scores to keep track of yesterday um, as soon as they come up. It's a little slow on my computer here. Again, Stevens Point, oh, I forgot, duh, number one team in the country has lost. Whitewater losing. Stevens Point defeating them 72-69 on Stevens Point home court. That splits the series between the two of them. It's going to come down to tie breaks, I think, in the conference. We'll have to double-check that. Um, Mount Union over Marietta, as we point out. So number one and number three lose. Randolph-Macon won again. Virginia Wesleyan lost to Eastern Mennonite by 12 on the road. So number five lost. You talk about Wacky Wednesday. One, three, and five lost. Babson won, but Dickinson lost. So one, three, five, nine lost. Um... Reports are Dickinson might be dealing with a little bit of a stomach bug or the flu. That certainly didn't help, but McDaniel played well. That game also on the road. So far, all the upsets road games, we should point out as well, except um, for Illinois Wesleyan losing at home to Augustana. WPI got back in the winning ways, beating MIT. Uh, St. Olaf beat Augsburg. St. Uh, Catholic defeated Goucher 185. I was at that game. That was an interesting game. First half, Goucher shot the lights out of the building. Um, nine for 14 from beyond the arc, uh, and had a lead at halftime scoring over 50 points on Catholic. 
Catholic certainly shut them down the second half and then exploded in the second half themselves. It had to have been that end of the court, right in front of Catholic's bench, was where everybody was shooting pretty darn well. Uh, Catholic survives that one. Uh, Bryson Fonville found everybody. 15 assists, breaking a building record. Uh, I've now seen Catholic three times this season in person, twice at the Hoopsville Classic and now now, and I've certainly seen them on video, and this is certainly they're playing better, it seems, basketball than I saw them at the uh, Hoopsville Classic. Only concern I have is the bench. Uh, of the 100, 100 points, 97 of them were scored by the starters. Uh, and that's certainly good. I'm not saying that's not a good thing to have, but I think you want some more bench production um, besides for some defensive spells and some inopportune fouls. But Catholic survives that game. Richard Stockton lost yet again at home. New Jersey City with the win. William Patterson lost to Kane. Hey, the NJAC's tough. I will not disagree. The NJAC's tough. But the top of the NJAC I don't think is as good as everybody thinks it is because, to be honest with you, you shouldn't be losing to Kane in, in New Jersey City if you're Richard Stockton and William Patterson. Ohio Wesleyan survived against Wabash. Elmer smoked North Park. And that's your top 25 from just yesterday on the men's side of things. So 1, 3, 5, 9, 20, or 19, and 24, 19, 22, and 24 all lose yesterday in men's basketball action. Scranton's in trouble. You want to talk about Mid-Atlantic talk. Scranton is in trouble. They lost to Susquehanna. I still think if they only if they split the next potential two games against Catholic, they'll wrap up the regular season against Catholic a week from Saturday, then they'll probably play each other in the championship. Let's just make that assumption. If Scranton wins the last game of the regular season and then loses to Catholic in the championship game, I think Scranton gets in. If Scranton loses both to Catholic... I think Scranton's in trouble of making the NCAA tournament. Consider that for a moment. Um, other games that jumped I mean, there's a ton of games yesterday that jumped out at me, to be honest with you, um, across the board. Lots of action going on. Um, Franklin and Marshall held Ursinus to 38 points. Remember that Ursinus team that defeated uh, Dickinson on Saturday? F&M held them to 38 points and scored 91. I think some revenge was enacted there for losing to Washington College. Top of the centennial is slowly but surely becoming Johns Hopkins to lose. Um, nothing. Else. I'm sure there's other results we'll get to, uh, and they'll jump out at us in due time here, but um, fascinating night. Oh, Stevenson lost. Men's basketball, that is. We're talking men's here. Stevenson lost to Alvernia. Alvernia may be the best team in the MAC Commonwealth right now, arguably, and yet again. Last year, same thing. Struggled early, came roaring on late, won the AQ. Could Alvernia do it again? Who, who, who knows? So that's the men. We'll take a look at the women here momentarily, too, though a little bit more status quo, as it were. Certainly nothing to get worried about necessarily. Um, on the women's side, kind of a little bit more uh, as it as the results were expected. Scranton women, for example, locking up the landmark conference number one seed. Stevenson women win their 17th in a row. They've locked up the number one seed in the Commonwealth. Um, so those are two big bids in the Mid-Atlantic. Of course, we talk Mid-Atlantic here on Thursdays. 
Thomas Moore had an easy time of it. St. Thomas had an easy time of it. FDU Florham got back into the winning ways, starting a new win streak. <laughs> Galvin had an easy time over Alma. Mount Clair State over Rowan. I mean, really no surprises here. DePaul did have a scare against Wittenberg. Went to overtime, won by 462-58. Hope defeated Kalamazoo. Scranton, as we mentioned, over Susquehanna. Transylvania over Franklin. Wheaton over Milliken. No surprises here. Salisbury over Wesley. Oshkosh over Lacrosse. North Central did lose, by the way, to Carthage. So there's your big upset for in Division Three women's basketball. Carthage defeating North Central. Eastern defeated Kings and Cabrini over Newman. Those are your top 25. And no real blow-away surprises there, except for maybe Carthage over North Central. Remember, Carthage is a good coach team anyway, so... And let's talk about some of the particulars. I am wearing an NYU shirt tonight. Remember, the deal is we decorate our set with the shirts or, or paraphernalia that we have gotten. We always have the Lauren Hill, Ohio Wesleyan Bishops number 22 jersey over our shoulder. You'll also notice the Johns Hopkins men's basketball jersey that we have. That is the Wheaton women's basketball shirt that they sent with the uh, basketball rim right there. Uh, they sent a great shirt there. That is Alverno basketball. You can't tell. I apologize. I thought you could see that better, but that's Alverno. There's a Carthage shirt hiding in the corner there. If you want us to uh, wear your gear, we will ch select a random shirt um, every show from here on out. But if you want us to wear your gear, or if you want something in our background, send it to us. Email us or tweet us, and we'll get you uh, information on how you can get it to us. If you want us to wear your shirt, you can make a donation to the Hoopsville Fundraising Project. We have a little over two and a half, or about two and a half weeks left in that project. We are halfway to our goal, but that's a quarter of a quarter, less than a quarter, really a yeah, less than a quarter than what we raised last year, because our goal isn't as high. Uh, I would, cons you know, that will if you select a certain perk, we'll wear your shirt while interviewing a guest of your choice and maybe interview you. Speaking of which, we will have one of our donators, a don't. Those one of those who donated to us is what I'm trying to say on the show a little bit later. Um, you can also send it to us, as we said, and we may wear it. So um, to send us, inf you know, to get information on how you can send us paraphernalia, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. You can also join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Let's talk about who's on the show tonight. We'll start off in men's basketball with St. Vincent out of the Great Lakes region team is resigned to the fact that they're going to have to win the automatic bid and as a result we talked to their head coach dp harris about that fact we'll talk to him coming up here on the show um we'll also then talk women's basketball and this is in order we'll talk to geneseo state and their head coach scott hemmer coming up on the show about his nights and how well they're playing and also a terrific story about one of his student athletes how she's being honored for what she is doing in the community but why that in the community effort is being done thanks to personal experience incredible story about getting back on the floor uh, that is coming up here on hoopsville also mary washington women's basketball will join us we'll talk to them about the crazy cack and how salisbury is playing but more in particular are the eagles perched to maybe make a strike at a another conference title or at least make the NCAA tournament. We'll talk to Dina Applebury coming up on the show. Our School of the Week, sponsored by the City of Salem. 
Coming up, Sage men's basketball will join us. Sage uh, certainly playing terrific basketball and leading the conference. We'll talk to their head coach and have a little trivia fun with him as well. And then we'll head out west, well, at least the west region. We'll head to Iowa. Buena Vista will join us. Brian Van Haften will join us to talk about his squad, talk about how the IIAC is lining up. Of course, he just came off the National Committee. Maybe he'll give us some of his thoughts on the first regional rankings. Of course, those first regional rankings have come out. I don't think any major surprises. Um, maybe maybe because I, I, I got an idea of how that all may transpire. Uh, women seem pretty static, status quo. Men's side, I think there's some noticing how how low Albertus Magnus is. You'll remember here on the show, I warned you that was going to happen. They are 10th in the Northeast Regional Rankings. I suspect they are climbing. They could climb into the top five, depending on losses ahead of them. Um, but with one loss to the only significant team they ended up playing this season, and with a low SOS, Albertus Magnus is 10th. Now, Bates is one in that region. Here's the trick. As soon as we get the results versus regionally ranked opponents data that will come out uh, and be used next week, that will change. All regional rankings will adjust according to the results versus regionally ranked opponents. That information just is not available. What I gathered, and by the way, Marietta was number one in the region, no surprise there, but I think there was definitely a conversation. Whitewater was number one in the region, by the way, over Augustana, who was two. It was not cut and dry that Whitewater would be number one. I did get that note. But nonetheless, um, results versus regionally ranked will get in there. What I gathered from watching the men's side especially is all the data is being taken, look, getting a, getting a hard look at. Head-to-heads being factored in, certainly SOS and, and record. Good SOSs are being rewarded, but so are good win-loss percentages. Remember, we're seeing a lot more losses now than we're used to, so that's playing a factor into those SOSs a little bit. Um, also important to keep in mind um, is that all of this doesn't mean much right now. Next week, they'll have results versus regionally ranked opponents, and that will certainly be important. But after that, week one means nothing because we don't have a once-ranked, always-ranked scenario here. So that won't matter. Week two, after week threes are published, week twos won't matter anymore. And, of course, week threes won't technically matter anymore once they finally do their final regional rankings, which we won't see anyway. But uh, just keep in mind, week one's a good informational point of view. Get an idea of what's going on. There's some glitches. Some of the data wasn't exactly correct. We've contacted the NCA and told them about a couple of those items, and they have been remedied, and they will be fixed for next week. Note about next week, the regional rankings will come out for all three sports, men's, women's, basketball, and ice hockey, on Thursday. Thursday next week. Reason being, over the weekend, the servers that take all the stats in and all the results for the NCA, everything, are being upgraded the entire weekend. Nothing is getting sent or getting to the NCA. The NCA is not receiving anything. So that won't be done until Monday. So cons- that will push everything, including conference calls, etc. Normally on Mondays, the RACs have a call and a vote. Then Tuesday, the National Committee votes. And on Wednesday, it's released. This will now go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So Thursday next week, Thursday next week, regional rankings will be published. By the way, regional rankings on the men's side came out right about 2.15 or so, 2.15, 2.30, certainly earlier than we usually have it. Uh, women's came out a couple hours later, but uh, certainly things improving in the sense of releasing that. But again, next week, 
Thursday. Now, games will still be based on what was played through Sunday. Once the servers are up, everything will be sent to the NCAA. And then Thursday, or Sunday's games will still be the deadline. It's just we're going to get the regional rankings coming out a day later on Thursday instead of Wednesday. So I think we got the, that covered. I'm trying to think if there's any other major news to share with you. Um, just a reminder again, regional rankings, good conversation starter, but I, I, you know, next week we'll see the biggest movement, plain and simple. We have a number of losses to take in count. Let's consider this folks. Just consider this for a moment. Whitewater loses and Augustana is winning. There's a chance Augustana takes over number one. If the conversation and it wasn't that cut and dry was whitewater. From what I heard, when the conversation came up, who would host, Whitewater or Augustana? It was a close vote. That's what I gathered. That's interesting. Remember, Augustana has the win over Whitewater in the criteria. Interesting, to say the least. So we'll see how this all plays out, as it were. There's certainly plenty to figure out. Um, and it's just the first regional rankings. But, you know, with, with more upsets, um, it's a crazy year. And we're going to see that transpire. Again, we're talking men's side. Women's side, kind of status quo. Went through the regional rankings. Nothing jumped out at me that seemed glaring. Uh, and, and it's probably because, one, you've got a lot of teams that are pretty status quo with it. Uh, and, two, because there isn't any major surprises. They're just, there's just nothing that jumps out at you that goes, oh, my gosh, I can't believe, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, you look at the women, Montclair State, number one, FDU Florham, number two in the Atlantic. No surprise there. Montclair State doesn't have the has the better SOS. They also have one more win, but you know, no surprise there. Uh, Central Region, WashU number one, yeah, no surprise. Uh, East NYU number one, yeah, no surprise. Stevens has a low, low SOS, so that's why they're in fourth. Great Lakes, Thomas Moore, then Calvin, then DePaul, then Hope. Can't argue that. Really can't. I think that I think that's pretty good. Uh, Transylvania is deep, but they don't have a very strong SOS. Um, so is St. Vincent. Again, no strong SOS. Mid-Atlantic seemed about right. Salisbury, then Scranton, then Stevenson, then McDaniel, but because McDaniel's SOS is pretty low. Um, they're in the conversation, but at 21 with a low SOS. You might have been able to argue over Stevenson, but that's a tough one. I, I wouldn't jump on that for sure. Interesting, Stevenson's 18-2 and two on there. I have to check that. I think that might be not correct. Now that I look at that, that didn't jump out at me earlier. Call up Stevenson women. Um, no, they're 19-2 and two now, so yeah, that does add up. <laughs> they lost one game due to weather. Not sure if that'll play that big a factor. Northeast on the women's side, hard to argue Tufts has won. Uh, Bowden certainly playing well. Amherst playing well. Williams playing well. Really can't argue any of that. South can't argue that. West George Fox over St. Thomas can't say that's a surprise. Um, I, I you bet I bet you could split hairs on that one. What's really surprising is Whitworth's thirteen and two in Division three, nineteen and two overall. Whitworth played a ton of games that mean absolutely nothing in 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 most of the criteria. In women's basketball, that is going to that could come back to haunt them. You have a lot less wiggle room when you play Eastern Oregon twice. You play College of Idaho, Corbin, Walla Walla, and Northwest of Washington. It doesn't matter. Doesn't count. So 
Things to keep in mind here in Division Three as we work our way. Um, two and a half weeks left in the regular season. Reminder, we're on the air 7 to 11, uh, seven o'clock Eastern time all nights, um, of course, until 9, usually. We're probably going to overtime. We will go into overtime tonight. So plenty to talk about in Division Three, and we'll get you all covered right here. Don't forget, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk to St. Vincent men's basketball about their squad and then talk to Geneseo women followed by Mary Washington women. We'll talk Sage men's basketball and Buena Vista men's basketball as well. That's all coming up here on Hoopsville. If you got any questions for us, again, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this. Division three schools offer academic scholarships instead of athletic scholarships. This really puts the focus that the student athlete needs to maintain that GPA. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division three. A lot of people pick schools just based on the sport and don't get that experience. Being a Division three athlete and developing my leadership skills has definitely Put my name out there and helped me get more recognition on campus but more recognition nationwide. I did win the Jostens Trophy which is based on leadership, academics, and then how well you do on the court. I'm also the Schwartz Scholar of my class. Schwartz Scholarship is basically a scholarship that is given to a student who's identified as a likely leader. In the end of the day it won't matter how they play on the field, it will matter how they do in the classroom. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. Welcome back to Hoops Hill, everybody. Hope you are enjoying our show here this evening of Thursday, February 12th. If you've got any questions for us or our guests, you can always tweet us at D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. You can also, of course, join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. All that information scrolling at the bottom of your screen as well. Uh, don't forget the Hoopsville fundraising project. We've got about two and a half weeks left in it. We've been kind of low-key about it, mentioning it every once in a while, and now it's time to step it up because we're only halfway to a very small and modest goal, especially compared to last year. If you think of it compared to last year, we're only one quarter of the way there. Any help you can uh, give us uh, helps us cover Division Three the way we think Division Three deserves to be covered. So we appreciate any time and effort you could consider there. If you can't make a donation, we certainly understand. At least pass it on to those who may be interested uh, or you think might be interested as well. Again, two and a half weeks left uh, to go in the regular season as well. Certainly lots to talk about, and uh, Wacky Wednesdays has been the theme, but that's not necessarily everything we're talking about in Division Three basketball. We're going to jump into women's basketball with this segment um, and talk up in the East region. Suniac maybe is flying a little bit under the radar, as it were, certainly not in regional rankings, but 
team leading the way right now is Geneseo State, and we figured we better take a trip up to Geneseo and find out how they're doing. So joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is the Geneseo women's basketball coach, Scott Hammer. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. Hi, Dave. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, again, 16-4 and four overall, 12-1. and one. No surprise you're in the thick of things. Uh, last year, 21-7. and seven. The year before, 20-7. and seven. Uh, Always in the run for the SUNYAC uh, at the top of things. But certainly this year in the lead, you got to feel pretty good about that right now. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's a long season. Uh, you know, we're, we're certainly excited where we're at. Um, we, we've had some, uh, we've gone through some periods of time where we were battling injuries and had people in and out of the lineup. So the fact that we were able to overcome some of that adversity and, and get us to a, to a point where we could compete for the title down the home stretch, um, I guess that's all you can ask for as a coach. Yeah, certainly. Uh, competing is important. You guys have said, again, I said in the lead in the conference, you've got a uh, game-and-a-half lead on Cortland State, who's 11-3 and in conference play. New Paul's is a 10-4. and Really, it looks like a three-horse race right now, though you, again, have that game-and-a-half lead. I mean, it's 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 almost redundant to say it's important to have home court advantage, but how important is it to have it come through Geneseo, which isn't exactly the easiest place to get to in upstate New York? Well, yeah, I, I, we've we've done very well at home. Uh, we've yet to lose on our home court this year, and and you know, obviously, I think as with anybody, it's the, it's the comfort, it's the routine. You know, all of that helps prep your team and and get them get them mentally ready. Uh, a little bit easier than getting off the bus on the road and, and having to go through the hoops, but. Um, you know, for us, um, we're, we're really just trying to focus on, on one game at a time. And I know that sounds cliche, but, um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're really trying to just put our best foot forward every night. We understand, especially this time of year, you kind of get into those doldrums a little bit, and it, it starts to drag you down a little bit. And we're just trying to focus on our energy and, and coming up with as perfect of an effort as we can every game. And, and if we do that, you know, we feel pretty good about our chances to uh, have an opportunity to host. And, and again, I think that'll be significant since we've been playing so well at home haven't lost since uh january 10th back uh when you're on the road at new paul's one of the longer mm -hmm. trips that you have on your schedule um the previous loss was to st john fisher uh in the wendy's classic back on uh, december 6th that was back to back after losing a non -di to division two we should say roberts wesleyan uh, mm -hmm. and of course you have a loss to wilmington back on the second part of the season so looking at that the second half of the season has certainly been very friendly for you guys as you've won 10 in a row what's been the trick the last 10 um that is that has bode so well with with the winning stretch and in, in a lot of games you've been in, in very much control of the game especially late well, I, I think it's a credit to our players. Um, I, I really think they've done a tremendous job um, focusing on, on what they need to do each day, whether it's practice or game day, um, with the end in mind. Um, you've got a, a group now that, that with everybody returning from last year's team at, at 21-7 and seven that made the conference championship and a lot of players back from the year before that went 21-7 and seven yeah. and, and made the conference championship. So these kids have been through this a couple times now. Uh, and I think they're excited that, you know, they're, they're, I think they came into this season hoping that their time had come, that they knocked on the doorstep when they were young. Uh, they've now got a couple years under their belt. We've got a couple seniors uh, that, that really have, have stepped up this year. And uh, I, I think, you know, they're, they're really focused on what they need to do uh, each and every day. And, and that's, that's ultimately what's driving the success. Well, yeah, obviously uh, last year ending the season in the championship game, um, at Plattsburgh, and then the year before, ending on the road at New Paltz. 
um, no postseason play. I'm sure the seniors, which you have a lot of, are kind of itching to get into the NCAA tournament the way this season's moved along. And as you say, uh, the way it looked on paper going in. Well, they, yeah, they, th- this group was um, was recruited during the year um, back in 2010-11 when we last time we won the conference tournament uh, went on the NCAA's actually had the opportunity to host the first round first two rounds and and that was exciting and uh, many of them came to watch that game so I think um, you know I think at this point you know they they've seen it and they've been close to it and and now they're kind of itching at their opportunity but uh, you know we we talked about coming in, you're certainly going to have a target on your back making the finals the year before with everybody returning. We didn't lose any seniors to graduation, so they've got everybody back, and, and they really knew what was in front of them, and, and I have to give them credit because they've really taken a head on, and, and they haven't backed down, and, you know, we went through some injur- injuries, and, and, you know, some of the travel can get a little crazy, especially with the academics here, but um, they've, they've really stepped it up, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to uh, just be a part of it. Obviously, it was just the first regional rankings. A lot can change, but what kind of, uh, of, of reaction do you get as a coach when you look and you see, yeah, you are going to be sec, you are second in those first regional rankings. At least, what does that tell you moving forward? I, obviously, a lot can change. I just mean, how does that help you in at least understanding where, where you're positioned right now? Well, I, I, you know, you're right. A lot can change, and it can change just in the next upcoming days. Uh, not yeah. just with us, but other teams within within the region. But uh, you know, I think it's uh, I think it's a good indication of of you know what we've done to get to this point. Some of the the games on our schedule, and and some of the strength of our conference, and. Um, you know, I, I think it, it, the, the kids are smart enough to know that, you know, the higher you're ranked, the better chances are of uh, making the postseason. And I think uh, I think that excites them a little bit. And hopefully it will uh, do a little bit to help motivate them uh, down the road here as, you know, we start to get a little tired and beat up going into uh, the home stretch. Yeah, sure. Even a chance to host potentially, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, a lot on the way down. we got two and a half weeks left in the season and two more regional rankings to see and a third one not to see. So, Obviously, a lot could happen. Uh, Let's talk about the conference quickly before we get off that topic. Cortland State again right behind you. New Pulse um, back there. Again, only losses to New Pulse so far in conference action. And you've got them coming up along with Oyana State and Oswego at home before you'll have to hit the road against Potsdam and and Plattsburgh. Your advantage is that you've swept Cortland uh, this season, um, or at least in the game that, yeah, both games. Um, How important? Obviously, the next three being at home and then two on the road is a major advantage. You beat New Paltz, you pretty much wrap things up here. So I'm guessing, not that you're not looking past the next game, but the next game's the most important. Yeah. For us, we've we've kind of we've gone in with that mentality each game, you know. And dur- during the streak, was that that next game was really important for us because again, you know, we kind of felt this group had had the end in mind all along, and and we knew that if if you made a choice to step off that gas pedal at any point, um, you know, it could ultimately come back and bite you down the road. And uh, they've done a really good job with that. But yes, obviously, New Paltz, the the one loss that we have on the road from early in the season, I think uh, they, they took it at us pretty good in that game, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that our kids can step up to that challenge uh, tomorrow night. Uh, moving forward after that, a couple home games, certainly nice. Um, 
Oneana's defense is always very strong, and, and Oswego has some great young players. They're definitely a team to watch moving forward. And, and then that North Country road trip, um, <laughs> it, it's not easy, especially no. in February. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're going to walk into to Plattsburgh, who's, you know, I mean, it's, un, until it's over, they're the reigning champs. And uh, you're going to go in there on senior night, and you've got Brittany Marshall, who's one of the best players to ever put a uniform on there uh, on, on the last game on her home court. And uh, that, that, that's always a, that's always a challenge yeah sure uh, it's only through the north country um <laughs> you've got two choices and neither of them are short five that's and a half right. hours by car i'm sure that's closer to six hours by bus uh, um, oh yeah I'm cu- though i am kind of curious is that a trip where you guys take 81 up through watertown or do you head into the rome utica area and then head through the uh the the mountains to cut off the corner or do you head all the way to nearly albany before heading north well, we it, it depends who we play first. With Potsdam and, and Plattsburgh being back to back Friday, Saturday this year, we play Friday first, so we'll go to Syracuse and up eighty one, and then cut across the top in the middle of the night to uh, to get to Plattsburgh. Um, but yeah, if, if we go to if we do go to Plattsburgh, we try to get ourselves to about Rome and start cutting our way up a little bit. Usually, uh, let's see, I think we get off in Amsterdam and start working yeah. our way up towards Saratoga and, and try to cut off a little bit of that Albany corner. Yeah, that's that's a heck of a trip. I'll freely admit. Um, I know well, that area and, a little bit, and that bit. goes back to why it's important to host. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, we made that trip last year. That's not easy. Uh, no, uh, and certainly can take a toll on on many a folk. Sure. Uh, I actually wanted to look over the the trip a little bit because I know some of the roads out there. Um, <laughs> let's talk about this team. You, while you mentioned you've got a lot of seniors on it, and it is, it's it's pretty senior laden. That's not necessarily who jump out of you when you look at the stat sheet. You've got a senior in Shannon McGinnis leading the way at 14.5 points a game. She's also hauling down 11 rebounds a game. Nice double-double average. But it's two juniors in Dana Cohen and Allison McKenna, and it's uh, who are also your double-point scorers, both at 10 points a game. And it's Kara, is it Hobart? Yeah, Kara Hooper. Hooper uh, mm-hmm. and Bridget Ryan, who are two sophomores, who are next in the in that stat column. Before we had another senior uh, in Briz uh, Reinhardt and Katie Peterson. So yeah, you've got a lot of senior leadership, but that's not necessarily the the nuts and bolts of this team. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think our depth is is a big piece. Um, you know, we we feel pretty comfortable um, going fairly deep in our in our bench, uh, regardless of of the night. And you know, I mean, back when we played at New Paltz, we we had several starters uh, out with injury. We had a couple starters out. We had one playing probably barely fifty percent, and uh, we, we had to go we had to go very deep in our bench just to to give ourselves a chance to win at the end. And, and we hung around probably longer than we should have. Um, but I, you know, we certainly. Uh, you know, Shannon. Uh, Shannon is such a high motor uh, young lady. Um, she just plays so hard on the floor, and you know, she's one of those one of those players that you know maybe once in a lifetime in terms of just the, the way they play, the aggressive, take no time off. Um, you know, there's a reason she just broke uh, the the school's all time leading rebound record. Um, last friday uh and there's a reason she did that um that's her motor um but you know you you pick your poison with this group you you try <laughs> to take her and, and mckenna away inside 
uh, and you've got you know Cohen and Hobert and 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 Ryan and Duran and you know these kids on the perimeter uh, that can knock down the shots and and put the ball to the floor, and and then you've got uh, Reinhardt who, uh, if you give her an inch, she's going to get to the rim. She may go through you, but she's going to get to the rim. And uh, again, you know it, it's a great she's a great role kid for us, uh, putting her head down and going to the basket, uh, grabbing rebounds. I, we just have a really nice balance this year. This group really trusts each other. Uh, they share the ball a lot. They, they've been moving the ball very well in you know, the course of our, our win streak here, and you know, hopefully, um, hopefully it can continue. But we're, we're, really, uh, we're really a pick-your-poison group. Of course, uh, 12 players have played in um, half or more of the games mm-hmm. so far this season, so certainly willing to go deep on the bench. Another player that jumps out, just got some accolades recently, is your senior in Leah Soborowski. Um, this is an incredible story, Coach, uh, one I know you're proud of. Not only uh, named the 2015 All-State Good Works team, which is an NABC and WBCA um, kind of combined honor, as it were, um, for, for what she has done not only on the court but what she's doing in the community as well. But she's got an even better story. I don't want to paraphrase it. Can you give us a little bit of uh, Sobieski's kind of background and why this is such a significant honor for her yeah it's um it, it's it's an amazing story about courage and persistence um you know here's a young lady who's you know just beginning her adult life who uh wakes up one morning and is told she's got about 48 hours to live unless somebody else loses their life and and donates a, an organ and uh you know those are the stories that you don't hear about every day and uh it, again, it's it, it's really an inspirational story to anybody uh, anybody who comes comes across it. If you, if you go to our website and uh, you go to the women's basketball page, there's uh, there's a, a story obviously on there about her winning the award. But within that story is a link to 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 the background, and uh, I would encourage everybody to click on that. Bring a box of tissues. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's truly amazing. Um, Oh, it's such a long story to, to make it as short as possible. Uh, just, just, uh, just under two years ago, uh, we literally were getting on the bus on a Friday, or getting ready to get on the bus on a Friday morning to go to Oneana on, on one of the road trips, and uh, she had had some uh, abdominal discomfort, uh, was struggling to eat. The uh, trainers here suggested she go get some testing done. Uh, she had some tests. Uh, the technician said, you know, we'll have a doctor contact you Monday morning, and, and next thing you know, her cell phone's ringing a few hours later, and they're telling her she needs to get to an emergency room. Uh, she went through weeks of, of tests at that point, uh, finally to discover that she has a rare genetic liver disease uh, called Wilson's disease. And she, in essence, had the liver of a 60-, 70-year-old alcohol, alcoholic um, that wow. it wasn't able to process copper, and uh, you know, they, the family went through. I mean, obviously, they tried to get on the organ donor list, and the father went through a lot of uh, different tests to try and become a living donor, where they would uh, oh. take some of his liver and, and place it in Leah and hope it regenerates and all that kind of stuff. And uh, she wakes up one morning, I believe, end of February, um, and skin's yellow, eyes yellow, she can't see. They take her to the hospital, and, and the doctor said, you know, it's 48 hours. You moved up to the top of the list. Uh, you'll have to see uh, if, if we can get our hands on an, on, on, on an organ that's been donated. And 
fortunately for her, uh, one became available, the surgery worked, um, and, you know, her one goal through the whole thing, I mean, the kids are going to the hospital, the parents are in touch with us, she's coming back to games wearing a mask and gloves mm-hmm. just to sit on the bench. I mean, it's, it's all incredible. Um, but her one goal through the whole thing was to not only get back to school, but to play basketball again. And so she's back with us this year. And, uh, you know, I think that's a, that's a huge part of the motivation for this group, uh, you know, in terms of the togetherness and the trust and the willingness to share is, is having somebody like that who, you know, has had a whole different experience than anybody else can even imagine um, as one of their sisters. And I, I think that's really a big piece of what's driving our success as well. She's played in all 20 games, 16 and a half minutes a game, 3.7 points a game, uh, on top of 3.6 rebounds a game. Um, certainly a contributing, fascinating story, Coach. Um, hats off to her. Hats off to the team, too. That's a tough thing to go through um, when your teammate is, is stricken, and, and clearly they're playing well. And as you said, it's, it's just that underlying motivation that's uh, almost like. Sure. Yeah, I, you know, especially the ones that were here when it when it took place. Mm-hmm. Um, you're playing and practicing Monday through Saturday, and and Sunday's your only day off, and and most of them are piling in cars and driving up to Rochester to see her in the hospital. And um, you know that even though we we had a lot of success that year, um, again making that that conference championship game only to, to lose at New Paltz. Um, what they had to overcome in terms of exhaustion and mental fatigue um, was was pretty pretty special for them. And uh, you know they've stuck by her side through the whole thing, and and now she's back. And you know she's a big piece um, leadership wise of of what this group is doing. Well, with five games left to play in conference, three at home, two on the road, uh, it has been a terrific season. Um, congratulations to her on the honor, especially. Um, that that she'll be. Uh, you said she's going down the D one Final Four to be honored for that, correct? Yeah, she gets to go down. Uh, All State, uh, who who sponsors uh, the award, is uh, is the one who will bring her down. Um, I, I know they parade her uh, through a, a series of events, and and she gets to attend a lot of the big activities that are part of the tournament itself. And I'm not sure if it's either between the two semifinal games or prior to the championship game. The uh, the whole uh, Good Works team will be brought out uh, onto the court to be recognized. So you know, again. It's unfortunate that she had to go through what she yeah. did to, to have this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, but we're all very happy for her. Well, congratulations once again to her. and uh, Thank you. Uh, congratulations on the season, Coach. Certainly impressive, as we pointed out. Um, before we let you go, though, we always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, hey, I, I just want to thank you for taking the time to recognize Geneseo women's basketball and, and talk about our, our conference and our, and our region a little bit. Uh, you know, we've worked very hard over the last handful of years here to to make that name on the front of our uniforms mean something. So uh, we're we're just excited you asked us to join you. Well, absolutely. Do me a favor. Give Jim Lyons a hard time. He's my former head coach. I will. Um, I'll be sure to do that. You, t- you tell him that you know uh, I may have to come up there and make sure everything's okay. Fair enough, I will. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, Coach. Uh, good luck the rest of the way, and we'll talk to you soon. Great, thanks, Dave. Absolutely. Scott Hemmer joining us here 
on the Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate him taking the time. Again, team is 16 and four overall. Of course, we should really point out they're 16 and three in Division Three, with their one loss coming to Division Two Roberts Wesleyan. Uh, team is 12 and one in Suniac play. Uh, get back right to it on Friday at home against New Pulse and home against Oneana on the 14th. Then uh, at home in the middle of a week game against Oswego before hitting the road for that long trip to Potsdam and Plattsburgh to wrap up the season for the Suniac title will most likely come through Geneseo State, but obviously a little bit more work to do. We're going to take another break when we come back. Plenty more Hoopsville ahead on this show. Uh, we will jump up and talk, uh, still continue our women's basketball conversation, but jump into Virginia and talk to a team we haven't talked to in a little while. Not that they aren't still dangerous. The Mary Washington Eagles, you're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Uh, it is our February 12th show uh, following uh, another Wacky Wednesday. We've self-titled this show Wacky Season, uh, and it certainly has been, though not necessarily all of our guests are part of the wackiness of it all, but nonetheless, it is topic um, that has garnered our attention. So if you have any questions for us, you can always tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. You can also join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Of course, on Thursdays, we cover four specific regions. Uh, those are the East, Mid-Atlantic, Great Lakes, and West, though we will certainly jump out of that for other things like our School of the Week, which will be coming up later in the show. But uh, we'll start off our regional coverage in the Great Lakes and talk to a team that's certainly been in the conversation the last few years, but maybe quietly under the radar, as it were, right now. Uh, they are sitting 16-6 and six overall. They are 11-2 in the President's Athletics Conference with a two-game lead uh, on second place, and it is St. Vincent Bearcats men's basketball. And so joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is D.P. Harris, their head coach. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville. Uh, thanks for having us. Uh, we're excited. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, that is for sure. 16-6 um, and six overall, though certainly a bit of a rough stretch uh, with two losses in your last five games after kind of starting off the 2015 part of your campaign 
on a roll. Of course, beginning of the season wasn't so friendly heading into Ohio necessarily as uh, you lost three of four to Denison, Marietta, LaRoche, and Worcester. It's kind of been an up-and-down season, as it were. Yeah, uh, we, we, we didn't lose to uh, LaRoche. I'm sorry, no. Uh, yeah. I, I, LaRoche was the win in the middle of that. I apologize. Yeah. Denison, Marietta, and Worcester is what I meant to say. Yeah, we had, uh, we had a uh, really uh, crazy um, situation here, uh, tragedy. Uh, Pat Jones, our starting uh, two-guard, his mother passed away at the mm. age of 48 years old, so we didn't practice for three days. And um, But, um, you know, for us, uh, basketball certainly uh, is a very uh, small part of what we were even thinking about then. But uh, Pat's, the tradition here is unbelievable for Pat Jones. Uh, his father played here. His grandfather played here. So uh, for us, uh, that was a time we wanted to take care of him and, and uh, we actually came back, practiced, and went to the Marietta tournament. And um, uh, so it, it was, uh, and we played Marietta without Pat. And uh, it was 58-56 with four minutes to go. So, uh, you know, for us, um, we feel really happy where we are right now with our team. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you got to be happy when you yeah. also beat Washington Jefferson 151. You beat Westminster 63-39. What I find interesting about this team is just the low amount of, of, of high-scoring games for your offense, at, or, or for your opponent, I should say. From about the, the late November, really early, I really should say early December on, um, a lot of 60-sub-point games, um, especially in conference, certainly, but uh, even in some of your losses, you only allowed trying 62, and they're having a terrific season this year. Um, it seems the defense has been, well, I mean, you only get allowed Bethany 56 points. It seems like the defense has certainly been the, the key this year. Yeah, defensively, uh, you know, we uh, get after it, and, um, you know, we lost 60% of our scoring last year with Isaac Turner and um, Dylan Stythe. And, uh, you know, Dylan was an All-American all-American and Isaac was a first team all-conference player so losing those two guys we just had a key on the um, defensive end and we play 11 guys so we just sit down play defense and you know I think we kind of shot ourselves in the foot losing to Waynesburg and Bethany in those two games we had 40 turnovers combined and we just can't win that way and um, you know I, I thought one of the best games we played all year and they're having a fabulous year is when we beat Catholic and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for us, uh, we only have one senior. So, you know, we're a pretty young team. So um, our guys are trying to find their stride a little bit. Um, yeah, I was going to key on that Catholic game. Since then, they've been on a tear. Um, you beat them 78-67. I actually just saw them last night as they won their 14th straight. Of course, trying tripped you up two weeks later, but that's a pretty darn good trying team. Until you ran into Bethany, though, you guys had your own little bit of a winning streak here. Um, but you seem to rebound off that Bethany and Waynesburg games just a little bit. Uh, were the Bethany and Waynesburg kind of just right time, right moment type scenarios? Well, it, it, I thought our schedule, you know, we had some really tough games. We were on the road. We had to beat, um, you know, we went through a stretch. We had to beat Thomas Moore, and we had to beat uh, some really good teams, I think, um, to get us there. And I think we just kind of tired out and uh we needed a break so um but it, it, our conference is getting better certainly the pac 
it seems like every time I don't want to badmouth our conference. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't. I, it, they're great guys. Our commissioner does a great job. But uh, people uh, will get to understand this conference is getting very good. Uh, you know, and in the next few years, uh, people better watch out because uh, there's some teams in here, Bethany and Thomas Moore, and hopefully us who are trying to break through that block of history. You know, we, we need to uh, hit that uh, glass ceiling. So hopefully one of us do it. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, we're moving in the right direction. And it's a battle every night in our league. It's very physical. So, you know, hopefully uh, one of us do it. And, and certainly I'm hoping it. it's, it's us. Um, yeah, I mean, the conference has been a little bit uh, crazy in the sense of maybe how not competitive uh, it has been. Uh, but certainly the middle has gotten a little bit more competitive. You've got yeah. a two-game lead on Thomas Moore. You've got a two-game lead on Waynesburg. Bethany's lurking two and a half back. You obviously need to get the job done, especially when you see your regional ranking at six. You've got three games left. You, you probably are resigned to the fact that there's just no at-large bid necessarily available as as the road looks right now no no we're a one team uh league you know one team's getting in from our league i mean uh you know the region's too good and and uh you know it's uh you know just one team we know we have to win it or you know right now bethany is not a team that anybody wants to play i think they've won like 12 straight or something uh they're playing really really well so um you know, we'll see. You know, if we win our conference, uh, we need to win two of the last three, and then we host. And um, this is a pretty tough place to play. You know, we uh, have won 50 of 54 games here, 53 games. I'm not even sure what it is, but uh, it is a difficult place to play. And hopefully we can get home court advantage for our tournament and, and you know, have an opportunity to move on to the NCAA. And look at those regional rankings. Marietta in number one. Granted, took their first loss last night. Ohio Wesley and then Worcester. Case Western Reserve. Hope kind of sitting up there, thanks in part to their SOS. But you got Mount Union, John Carroll, uh, uh, and Penn State Barron behind you who could conceivably leap you. Uh, anything's possible in these regional rankings, especially when you get results versus regionally ranked opponents in play. Um, you've been around enough to understand what that means, but what does what? How do you look at this Great Lakes region this year? Is it as competitive as that seems, or maybe is it a little bit down? And I don't mean down in a negative way. I just mean the top has kind of come down that it that you're picking up a ton of losses as a result. Yeah, I, I, I think so. You know, we played uh, Mount Union and we beat them. Um, Be- or uh, not Bethany, but. Uh, but Marietta, uh, Marietta John's a great coach, and uh, you know. But when you get it this time of the year, anybody can beat anybody, and especially when you get in those conference tournaments. So I guess on our case, we're hoping that there's no upsets. Uh, but you know, uh, but the region, I, I think uh, there's a lot of parity in our region, so you have to show up every single night. And like other regions, I mean, there's just you know teams that are at the top and traditionally those teams have always been there and and uh most likely they're going to stay there because they know how to run their program so uh but i think our region's strong um you know marietta's a real physical team and you know worcester i mean they have a great coach and a great program so um you know you're not just going to show up so you know we'll see what happens 
Uh, talking to D.P. Harris here of St. Uh, St. Fisher. Yeah, there we go. St. <laughs> Vincent. I don't know where Fisher came from. Yeah. Um, talking Great Lakes region, and of course, his team and coach. Let's let's talk a little bit more specifics uh, about your team. It's pretty young. Let's well, young, relatively speaking. Let me phrase that. You've got one senior. Apparently, junior is the stuck year on your on your roster because you got a whole mess of them, and then you got a handful of freshmen and sophomores. What I mean by young is team is on paper poised to maybe have a really good year next year and certainly developing this year is that is that a worthy uh breakdown of, of how you guys look right now yeah it, it, there's no question i mean uh cat sean cat from uh, miami florida he has given us a great year we we have so much balance on our team we haven't even had a player on our team get conference player of the week <laughs> uh so you know you look at us we do it by committee uh but we think we're good enough to get there. Obviously, this year we have a two-year, a two-game uh, lead on the teams in our league. So we think we're good enough to get there. And if we do get there um, this year, we feel that next year that we certainly have an opportunity to break that top twenty. And uh, we certainly feel that that junior class they will have if they're able to, fortunately enough to go this year, we'll have an opportunity to go to four straight. Uh, tournaments. We did that back in the NAIA with Tony Washam, Kenny Roberts, and all those guys. But being able to go four straight into the NCAA tournament, that starts to set us up saying, hey, these guys are, you know, a, a cornerstone program. You know, I think we're be, you know, we were kind of, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't know about us because we, we were coming from the NAIA. And quite honestly, I mean, I didn't know anything about Division Three. I mean, I really didn't. Um, but I got a quick education, hmm. and, uh, you know, we had to change some things and certainly found out that, you know, how many great coaches there are um, in the Division three level, and uh, I love it. I mean, I, I, and people, a lot of my buddies um, who coach Division two and are in the NAI, they're like, D, we're surprised. And I'm like, nah, it, it's, I made a lot of good friends, um, and a lot of the former players that we have competed against uh, it, it's really neat, and uh, it's um, it, it has really, really grown on me. So it's been a lot of fun. And Sean Kent, your senior is uh, tied for the team lead in, in points at 12 points. He's leading the team with seven rebounds. Then it's junior Pat Jones with 12 points, four and a half, five rebounds. J.C. Howard, your junior, 11.2. Uh, Jalen Bell, a junior, nine points a game. Ben Klimcock, a junior, six and a half points a game, catching my drift. Uh, Bobby yeah. Swatwart, uh, four and a half points a game, junior. And then you get to a sophomore in Austin Ford at yeah. 4.3 points a game. So outside of Ket, who certainly is a major contributor on this team, especially on the inside, um, you've got nothing but juniors, and you talk about that learning curve, as it were, a little bit getting into Division Three. Um, what were some of the surprises? Uh, some, to be honest with you, some of the surprises were how good the players were. Mm. You know, when you're giving out scholarships, you really don't realize. Um, you know, it, it just there were some really good players that we ran up against, and you know, when you're not part of it and you come into something new, you're like, ah, those guys aren't really good. You know, these guys are D3 guys. And and all of a sudden you're like, well, wait a second. This guy got a little bit more uh, than I thought he had. And you, there's a lot of tweener kids who are 6'4", 6'3", 6'5", that play inside, and they're a little bit more versatile. And then I think also 
uh, in Division Three, there's a lot more hybrid four men uh, who, you know, some people put like a 6-1 guy, 6-2 yeah. guy, and now our 6-6 six, six guy got to go out there and guard. And you're like, <laughs> well, wait a second, I, I'm not sure I want to do this. And he's hitting threes on you, and, and now you're going up on him, and he's going around you, and you're saying, why can't you guard this guy? <laughs> uh, but, you know, and, uh, but I, I do think uh, the coaches are, are really, uh, really good. You know, and uh, so, um, but you know, uh, we're certainly getting there. I mean, we've uh, you know we've won, and we want to continue to win. And um, it, it, like I said, it's a lot of fun. And our players uh, certainly, um, you know, our guys now don't even know anything about the NAI. All sure. we know about the NCA. So right. we're starting a tradition here, and and we are in our league. I mean, um, starting to really, you know, we're predominantly a football league, right? Yeah. Now here come these basketball guys. And, hey, we 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 didn't even have football, right? We got the Pittsburgh Steelers, but we nah. don't have football. And and uh, so we're we're about basketball, and and you know we go out there, and but now the games, you know, you go to Teal, there's they get a good crowd, and um, you know you go to some of these games, but uh, certainly not like when you go to Worcester and some of these other schools, they're drawing eighteen hundred, two thousand, but it's you know we're getting past going into empty gyms and. And stuff. So that that's a difference in our league, and and I think Joe Andurco, our commissioner, has done a really good job, and the coaches and the community getting out. Um, you you wrap up the season on the road at Grove City, then home against Teal and Thomas More. Of course, Grove City nine and thirteen, four and nine in conference. Teal eleven and eleven, seven and six. Um, and then uh, who was the last one? I already forgot. Thomas, Thomas Moore, Moore, who's sitting yeah. right behind you. So it's one of those deals where the Thomas Moore game could loom large if you trip between now and then. So yeah. what's the message to the team? The message for the team is one one day at a time, you know, one play at a time. And I know you hear that from all the coaches. <laughs> but really, really, I mean, for us, uh, you know, we're just trying to get better. Uh, but Grove City played us at our place to a three-point game. So it's not going to be easy going up there. It's their Hall of Fame day. Um, you know, and it's just get through that game and get to the next one. And, um, you know, if we're fortunate enough, uh, we just got to get two out of three and then we get to host the tournament. And, um, this is a really fun place, uh, to host the tournament. So, um, you know, it'll be an honor to host it. And, you know, if we're lucky enough to win three straight, um, you know, Howard and Clemshock and all those juniors, They've won it each year they've been here, and I know they have a goal to win it four straight. So hopefully we're able to do that. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. Again, 16-6 and six overall. Of course, I should point out it's 15-6 and six in Division Three, as we did have that Penn State Fayette game yep. uh, back in late November. Um, team 11-2 and two in the PAC, three games to play, as we pointed out. Um, win two of the three, and you wrapped up the conference schedule of course you know basically you're playing for to 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 host that tournament and get that aq if at all possible as always coach we give the coach the final word any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuning in no just uh you know uh it's uh it's an honor to do this each day and certainly uh all the kids who come out and play and i mean last night we went and played w and j and um they honored a kid from our community who got his thousand point um, score last night and, and his ball, and it's just an honor to be part of this and get a, get an opportunity to coach college basketball and certainly work with these young guys. So I'm grateful to, for for all of it, and certainly appreciate all you do for uh, our game and uh, getting our Division Three, you know, some notoriety. So thank you. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you, Coach. Take care. Good luck the rest of the way, and we'll look forward to seeing uh, how the Bearcats do uh, the rest and, and, of course, hopefully see you in the NCAA tournament as well. Thank you. D.P. Harris joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate him taking the time again. 16-6 overall, 11-2 in conference, on the road at Grove City coming up here on Saturday, then home against Teal on Wednesday. If that's my math, does that right? Yep, Wednesday before wrapping up the season, regular season at home against Thomas Moore a week from Saturday. And of course, hoping to have the conference come through uh, the Robert Carey Student Center coming up uh, after that. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll jump into some women's basketball um, and we'll go not that far from Pennsylvania. We'll head up to Geneseo, New York, talk to their women's basketball team up there. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville. Right after this. Division three allows you to be able to give yourself to other things. Not even just participate in them, but really get involved with them if you want to. There's a lot of interaction. Um, it's not just sitting back, taking notes. You're actually doing hands-on things and better preparing yourself for your major. Choosing a Division three school, I've had the opportunity to develop my leadership skills and to be more involved on campus. Division three in athletics, you know, affords students the opportunity not only to participate in uh, intercollegiate athletics at a competitive level, but also gives them the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport and outside of the academics on the campus. And to have opportunity to have time to join clubs and being able to play basketball, it allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. I wouldn't change it for the world. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show here on February the 12th. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Slight screw up there with our recorded segments. Uh, got them out of order, so I apologize to anybody who thought their guest was going at a different time. We'll uh, rearrange those at a later date. Um, or we can't rearrange those, but you'll be able to see them on the archive. Um, now, actually, if you want, it's like a DVR there on YouTube, or you'll see them later once we have the show fully archived. Um, a reminder, uh, the Hoopsville fundraising project is ongoing. Two and a half weeks left to go in that, halfway to our goal. Of course, our goal is half of last year's, which we hope, you know, it would be nice to raise the same amount as last year. Why not? We've got two and a half weeks left. So uh, if you have uh, questions about that or want more information, we'll start tweeting out that in earnest uh, starting tonight as well. Um, don't forget also still to come our school of the week sponsored by the city of Salem, the Sage men's basketball team and the Buena Vista men's basketball team will talk to us about the West region. Just got done talking. Um, the East region with St. Uh, or I'm sorry, Great Lakes region with St. Vincent and East region with Geneseo state. Now let's slide into the mid Atlantic region. And on the women's side of things, the capital athletic conference is certainly an interesting uh, one to watch mainly because Salisbury's walking away with it, 15 and 0 in the conference, 21 and 1 overall. But just lurking behind them quietly are the Eagles of Mary Washington, which got 
us to thinking we should probably talk to the team down there and haven't talked to them in a little while. So joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is Dina Applebury from Mary Washington, head coach for the Eagles. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, first and foremost, I mean, listen, if Salisbury's not having the season they have, you guys are probably getting a little bit more attention. 16-6 uh, and six overall, 12-3 and three in conference. Of course, Salisbury got you um, twice this season, and you're, you're in the midst of a tough tough two-game stretch here with Christopher Newport just coming into town yesterday and, and knocking on you guys a little bit. But all in all, how do you think the season's going? Well, I mean, I think we're doing real well. I mean, uh, uh, last year we were a little bit down, so this year we picked it up a little bit. I have, um, you know, four seniors who are doing a good job of leading us. And, uh, you know, right now the conference is tough. I mean, Salisbury is very solid with six seniors and two very dominant players. Did you see this coming? I mean, Salisbury's certainly been building um, back to their former glory, as it were. But did you expect them to be on top of this conference, to see Marymount maybe behind you and Christopher Newport uh, not necessarily struggling, but certainly not having the season we're accustomed? Well, I mean, I definitely saw Salisbury coming. There was no question about that. I mean, they were very strong last year. I believe they had the strongest uh, schedule in the region. Um, so their record may not have been as impressive as it actually, you know, probably really was. So I knew, you know, they and they were picked number one in our, you know, conference overall this year. So uh, we'll see how things shake out. But um, they're they're definitely playing very well very well coached and um, you know hopefully we get a chance to see him a third time around yeah I'm sure you'd love to see him a third time around and, and maybe uh, thank them so much for the previous two outings um, the season's been interesting for you guys we'll talk a little bit about the conference in a minute a little more but um, you, you played Navy this year uh, you have a tough loss to Washington and Lee those were back-to-back early on um, you know you got into conference action and sort of started clicking along you got a win over Catholic which has been tough to do over the last few years. Um, and then you went on a long winning streak, literally between Salisbury games. Um, and, and really, that's what kind of propelled you into second place in the conference. Uh, what do we make of, you know, you know Washington-Lee result? Or what do we make of a result against a Catholic uh, and the like? Uh, when you look at that, and I should point out, I may have said you beat Catholic, I think. Uh, I may have misspoken there, but what do we make of those results, and what have you guys learned from those results? Well, I mean, you know, we do have a lot of young kids still in the, you know, in the system, and and uh, a lot of sophomores and freshmen that are playing key roles. So, you know, I think they just needed to learn and understand that we have to come out and play aggressive every day. Um, you know, two non-conference teams, maybe we weren't as, you know, hyped up about to play, but at the same time, very good learning experiences, and I think they set the tone for the run that we have had in between the Salisbury games. And um, just, you know, really, you know, keeping the kids learning, keeping them sharp. And, uh, you know, obviously Washington and Lee and Catholic are pretty good teams as well, and they've had some success through the years. So, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, we lost the bad teams. But, um, you know, hopefully, again, you know, we just continue to try to learn from our mistakes and, and keep, you know, trying to get better. Um, second in the conference, as we said, of course, York is lurking. They kind of come on strong after a tough start to the season. Uh, they're right behind uh, Christopher Newport. This is a, you know, a race to obviously position yourself as best as possible in the conference tournament. I mean, Salisbury would have to fall flat in their face, and you'd have to win all of them, and I don't even think you'd still get number one. So you're, you're looking at least staying in number two and getting uh, you know, some home games before you have to travel. How important is it to play uh, at home, especially at, at the Anderson Center? 
No, I, mean, I think it's huge. I mean, it gives the kids a chance to have a re- you know regular routine for the days, you know, especially during the week. On, uh, I guess you know, if we get lucky enough to get a bye, it would be on Thursday for the semifinal round, and you know, they'd still be able to get in class, and uh, you know, all their family and, and friends, and you know, students, and you know, all their fans would be able to come out to the game. So, I mean, I think that's uh, important for the university and important for Fredericksburg, and obviously, re- you know, really good situation for us to be able to play at home in front of our home crowd. You guys, uh, you know, had a whole stretch of seasons there where you guys were stealing plenty of the headlines. Um, 30 win seasons, 20 plus win seasons for a long time last year. Uh, last couple of years, a little bit lower than that, but certainly still solid seasons. But last year, of course, the men stole all the headlines with the season that they ended up having. Uh, is, it, is it nice to kind of have this kind of resurgence again and be second in the conference, be in the conversation yet again, maybe, um, and, 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 be right there vying for a conference title. Not that you're not always vying for one. I just mean a little bit more conversation-driven. Oh, no, it's definitely nice. I mean, it gives the kids a sense of, you know, accomplishment. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, trying to play for the conference championship, hopefully, and, and you know, the kids are focused. They've been working hard. Um, it means a lot to the program, to the past alum, you know, for us to be talked about again. And uh, just to hopefully teach these, you know, the young kids – um, you know, what it's like to hopefully win a conference championship at some point in their career. So, I mean, it's definitely nice to be back, um, you know, uh, back here with you talking and, uh, you know, right now being second in the league. Well, it, you guys have four seniors, as you point out, on this squad. Um, and certainly what I jump out at me, though, is it's not necessarily the seniors leading the way. You've got a sophomore in Brianne Compton who's leading at 12.5 points a game. Um, and then you have a senior, and then you have two freshmen, and then another senior. So what's interesting is while you have those four seniors, and we talked a lot about it on this show in the last few weeks, not necessarily does that mean those are the ones driving the ship when it comes to the stat columns and contributions. How key have been the underclassmen on this team? Well, I mean, that's what I said earlier. I mean, we have four seniors that are doing a great job of leading us, but, um, you know, we still rely heavily on a lot of young kids to, you know, give us a lot of statistics and play a lot of minutes. and. And um, the kids, you know, our freshmen and our sophomores, which Breezy is a sophomore, um, you know, they've been playing real well. And, again, just learning the college game and adjusting into our style and, you know, getting used to the conference play and, you know, all the teams in the league. And, and um, you know, coming down the stretch, like I said, you know, we've you know lost a couple here recently. You know, we just have to get back up, go, go into practice, focus, and, uh, you know, prepare for the next opponent and, you know, keep plugging away, not, not get too high, not get too low. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, our freshmen are doing a lot. I mean, uh, Breezy had a great year last year as a freshman. She's doing a great job this year. And um, like I said, I mean, we have a, a lot of uh, freshmen that are in there playing a lot of minutes. Uh, Taylor Barton's getting, you know, close to a double-double as a freshman. Yeah. And uh, have a couple that come off the bench that are, you know, really good, you know, solid shooters. And um, it's just been, you know, it's just been fun, you know, with the seniors being able to lead those freshmen and watching the freshmen you know, really trust them and buy in, and just the chemistry has been really good, and it's, it's been a really unique and nice blend of upperclassmen and young kids. When you, we look at the, the Eagles squads of those 30-win seasons and certainly made some incredible runs, you had some really good talent, and don't know the team as well nowadays. It's not that you don't have talent on it, but the talent that you had for those Eagles squads was, was certainly bar none the best that's been there. How much has changed? And the reason I ask that question is, you know, I asked Nancy Fay a few months ago, what has changed that has made it so more, much more complicated for them to compete for a championship? What's changed from your point of view in the sense of recruiting, 
getting talent to come to the to Mary Washington versus where we're we're now seeing teams succeeding in a lot of different places. Well, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, kids get excited about going to a program that maybe hasn't been that successful and, you know, the idea of building it and being the ones to build the program and being the ones to, you know, to establish the pride and, and um, you know, championships and things like that. And then, you know, sometimes I think kids sometimes even get nervous about going into a program that has a high level of expectation, both academically and athletically. Sometimes kids shy away from those challenges. Um, um, you know, and again, I mean, recruiting just gets tougher and tougher. It doesn't get easier as these kids have more and more options and more and more opportunities. You know, we obviously, you know, at this level don't give athletic scholarships, but we're certainly looking to try to find kids that can get academic money and also kids that maybe just fall through the cracks and can't quite make it into, you know, a D2 level or a, a D1 scholarship. So um, it's very competitive. I mean, basketball recruiting is very, very competitive. I mean, a lot of nights you're sitting in the stands, you know, trying to talk to kids and their families, and there's, you know, four or five other coaches sitting there trying to talk to the same person. So it's highly competitive, um, you know, and you just have to keep, you know, you have to keep on it. Uh, you got to try to find the best kids that you can get and then, of course, develop them. Um, this Mid-Atlantic region certainly has gotten plenty of talent spread around. You know, we've seen the talent at York in the years past. Salisbury certainly has it. You've had a, a steady flow of talent coming through you. Um, and, of course, you're down on the southern end of the Mid-Atlantic, so you're seeing the talent also down there in the ODAC uh, it, with teams like Randolph, Macon, and the like who aren't that far away. But when you look at this Mid-Atlantic, regional rankings come out. Salisbury sitting in one, Scranton two, Stevenson three, McDaniel, Elizabethtown, and then yourselves at six. How tough is this region now, especially considering the CAC is now officially in one side of the region versus split in the Mid-Atlantic Atlantic, but how right. tough is this Mid-Atlantic region this this year? Well, I mean, I think it's extremely tough. I mean, obviously, I get to see Salisbury quite frequently, yeah. and uh, I definitely believe, you know, they're, they, they're number one for a reason. Uh, but, you know, Scranton has always been good, and they're obviously having a great year. And uh, The same with the teams that are above us. I mean, they're very strong programs. You know, I know, I believe this is the first time Stevenson's really been up there, but I mean, yeah. I, they used to be in our conference, and I know Jackie does a great job with them, and I mean, it's not a surprise that, it's, you know, that, that she's where she's at right now. Um, you know, and of course, yeah, like you talked about the ODAC. I mean, we uh, had preseason scrimmages against Eastern Mennonite and Randolph Nathan, so we got to look at them early on. And, you know, very talented teams with all Americans on those teams, and just uh, it's a very solid. Very solid region. You're not you're not afraid to, to to play who you need to play. I mean, Eastern Mennonite Randolph Macon may not have counted, but they're the two top teams in the ODAC. Right. Um, right. You obviously have it in your conference. You, you played Navy this year, just for giggles. I'm uh, I'm I'm sure you you play um, the Catholics of the world. Obviously, a former conference foe, but you know not in conference now. Um, you're you're willing to go out there and challenge yourselves. Well, I mean, that's what you have to do. I mean, sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone and, and uh, you know, play some good competition and, and uh, you know, see kind of where you stack up and let your kid, uh, your young kids learn what the level of play is and, you know, uh, just go from there. When you look at the regional rankings, do you, do you kind of, while week one doesn't necessarily mean much, it does kind of help read the tea leaves. Is this one of those scenarios to get in the NCAA tournament? Does it tell you you got to win the AQ or do you think you've got some at-large opportunities? You know, it's really tough to get an uh, an at-large bid. Uh, I haven't had very much luck with that, so I, I'm <laughs> I'm really hoping that we can, you know, get into that conference championship game, of course, and you know, and maybe you know, it's hard to beat a team three times. I mean, I know 
it happens and we've done it. We've been on the other end of it. You know, we've been on both ends of that, but um, we just hope we get another crack at it. But I, I think we need to win. Um, went out to be able to get in. But, I mean, I don't know what all the rest of the regions look like and, you know, how everybody, uh, you know, is going to be voting on those things. So, you know, we'll cross our fingers and just try to take care of business and hope that we can, uh, you know, get in on our own. Last three games of the season, two at home, Penn State, Harrisburg, then Southern Virginia, and then on the road against Wesley. And nothing against those three teams. You've already faced your toughest foes in the last two games. Um, those three aren't exactly the world beaters, though Wesley is about a 500 team. So how hard is it to play those three games and get your team focused on those three games and then turn around and you're going to have to play the top of the conference for the top being the top half um, and get ready to to really get into it after essentially kind of having a, a little bit of a less competition? And, and it's no disrespect to them. I'm just talking about record-wise. Well, I mean, we definitely have to come in and, you know, we can't overlook any of those teams. I mean, Wesley has some very good talent. Um, you know, Penn State Harrisburg, they're very aggressive. They're very assertive. Uh, they're not a team that's going to lay down and quit. Um, you know, so we have to come in and play hard. I mean, we need to continue to execute. We need to get better at some, you know, some of our defensive rotations and offensive ball movement and things. And we just have to go in with every game trying to find a way to get better and, and uh, just focus on the things that we need to do um, so that we can prepare ourselves for, you know, for the conference tournament. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on the show and joining us and chatting it up uh, about the Eagles. It's great to, to, to get a chance to talk to you, um, and certainly great to see how the, how the team is playing. Again, sitting second in the conference behind a, a really good Salisbury squad uh, with three games to play. As always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuning in tonight? Um, I just want to say uh, thanks to all of our fans, and, uh, you know, we're going to give it our best coming down the stretch, and um, thank you guys for having me on. It's great talking to you guys. Well, thank you, Coach. Really appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the way, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing how the season ends for you. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. Take care. Dina Applebury joining us here on Hoopsville. Of course, don't mean when the season ends. I just mean how it finishes up. I realize I misspoke there. I'd uh, love to see how the, the they do. I mean, third match against Salisbury would should be great. Salisbury, remember, we talked to them way back <laughs> earlier in the season. Certainly doing a, a nice job, um, and um, nice to see the Mary Washington. It's nice to see Salisbury back in the conversation. It's nice to see Salisbury and Mary Washington competing yet again uh, at the top of the conference. Uh, glad to see it, to be sure. Got to take another break. When we come back, we'll talk to our city of Salem School of the Week, the Sage men's basketball team. That's all coming up. Sage? Did you say Sage? Yes, Sage men's basketball team coming up here on Hoopsville. You listen to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. If you have any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We'll be back with more Hoopsville right after this. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum. It's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. 
From eastern to occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I know sports is important, but having the academic part along with it is a big plus. I've discovered in myself, you know, a newfound ability to overcome adversity at all different angles. At a Division III school, school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. The end result, in my mind, is you just become a very well-rounded person. Before I came into college, I didn't really think I'd be able to balance so much. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. With a D3 school, there's a lot of time for other opportunities. The coaches expect a lot of you during soccer, but after soccer, that's your own personal time to really find out who you are and other opportunities that you can pursue. By balancing all of my interests, basketball, my leadership skills, and academics, I'm able to better prioritize my life and to manage it. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show here on Thursday, the 12th of, this, of December. Whew, let's not rewind the clock too far back uh, on the season. Um, February 12th here on the show. Of course, leading into Valentine's Day. Hope you have prepared accordingly. We'll be on the air on the 15th of, Dece uh, of February, right after that. Of course, on the air every Sunday and Thursday, 7 o'clock Eastern time. If you're missing... Um, or if you don't see uh, a show, you can catch the archive. You can also listen to it on SoundCloud, et cetera, et cetera. There's certainly plenty of ways you can interact with us. If you've got any questions for us, you can tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Don't forget about the Hoopsville fundraising campaign. We'll start tweeting out quite in, in much more earnest uh, even on Facebook and the such, in the next few uh, days, we've got two and a half weeks left to go in the campaign. Only raised about half of the goal that we have stated. The goal is uh, mainly so that we can ha keep a little bit more of the money. The, the fees go from 10% to 4%, essentially, or 5%. Um, and so fees for running the site are a little bit less, and we can keep more of the money, do more with it. Uh, so help us cover Division Three the way it deserves to be covered. I made a promise a couple weeks ago on this show to Laverne men's basketball coach Rich Reed that if we raise $7,500, I would set aside money to head out to Southern California and see some basketball out there in the Sky Act next season. So help us do that. It's the only way we can really do it, to be completely honest with you. Uh, it is hard to take money out of our own pockets to try and make this work. So any help you can give us, if you appreciate what we're doing, we appreciate your help. Um, and if you can't, please, we understand. Send it on to somebody else, if you could, who may be able to assist. Now time for our City of Salem School of the Week. And um, we love picking out schools we don't normally get a chance to talk to, and that is certainly the case here in our City of Salem School of the Week from the Atlantic region and the Skyline Conference. It is Sage Men's Basketball. Sage Men's Basketball Team 18-4 and four, and on top of the Skyline Conference uh, at 12-3. and three. This is a Skyline Conference. Remember, we talked to Yeshiva earlier in the season. Yeshiva was undefeated in the conference. They've certainly struggled uh, since then. They are now 8-6 and six in the conference. No surprise, uh, but certainly hitting a, a rough five-game stretch there for Yeshiva. But in the meantime, Sage, Mount St. Vincent, and St. Joseph's of Long Island are sitting atop. And so Brian Barnes joins us on the Hoopsville Hotline. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville. 
Dave, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate you taking the time to join us. First and foremost, congratulations on what is absolutely a terrific season so far. Oh, thanks. It's been great so far, and this is just a terrific group of, of young men to coach and just uh, real proud of what we've done so far. When you looked at the season, I, I've been asking a lot of coaches this, so uh, forgive me, but when you looked at the season at the beginning, did you expect to be on top of the skyline? Did you expect to be competing for for uh, for possible NCAA berth? Well, I think each time you start a season, the goal is to is to win the conference. So to expect to be competing, I'd say, yeah, we had that feeling that we had some potential to to do some things this year and continue to to climb the ladder towards the NCAA tournament. We've made some steady growth over the first few years of our our program and. You know, you can't say you expect it, but I, I thought that with a lot of hard work, we could we could get there and do what we're doing right now. Uh, what you're doing right now is certainly uh, pretty darn good. Again, on top of the skyline, really tied with Mount St. Vincent, we should point out, at 12-3, and three, though you've got the better overall record. Uh, Mount St. Vincent beat you earlier in the season, 77-71. Um, and, of course, uh, you returned the favor, 106-81. I guess you wanted to send a message <laughs> In that one, um, you you look at the schedule. I mean, you've got a win over New York University uh, in what was uh, an early game on the 21st of November. You you unfortunately lost to a, what has turned into a pretty good Brooklyn squad. Um, you got that win early on that kind of disrupted things for Yeshiva. Um, you went through the conference pretty well. By the way, the trip to SUNY Canton, we're going to have to talk to you about that. Um, that's not an easy trip from anywhere, anywhere in New York. Um, but then you, you're kind of rolling through the conference at this point, and you've got Yeshiva coming up, obviously, uh, next in your schedule. We'll talk about that. But you you got a mix of what is turned out to be a, a pretty decent conference this season on top of some really interesting games out of conference. Yeah, I think the conference has been uh, pretty balanced through throughout the years, with the exception of Purchase being, you know, being out front for the last five years. And yeah. With our, you know, with our scheduling, we try to challenge ourselves a little bit with some non-conference tournaments and really prepare us for, you know, for the brutal uh, travel schedule that is the skyline for us because we're, of course, up in Albany and all of our, our trips are, uh, right. you know, two, two and a half hours with the exception of Mount St. Mary. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously the, the challenge for you guys is the travel um, got to head down out of the snow, I should point out, down into a less snowy area. Uh, certainly, you guys have had to deal with the, with the elements as well. How how weird has this season been? Uh, it's been it's been crazy. We had a couple reschedules, you know, with the snow. Our women's team actually has been affected uh, more. They're now playing every other every Oof. other day now for the next week, which is uh, which is tough this time of year, but. We've stayed focused at, at the task at hand, and we talk to the team a lot about playing February basketball and how important it is to to respect the process of, of trying to become a championship team, and uh, that's really kept our kept our group focused each day in practice. Talking to uh, Brian Barnes, head coach for Sage, the men's basketball team, having a terrific year as we talked about earlier. If you have any questions for us, tweet us at D three Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at d3hoops.com or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoops. So, Coach, um, you know, you're in a position where they're going to have to maybe come up to Albany, um, Detroit, New York, uh, to play 
you've got, you know, in the conference tournament, you've got three games left uh, at home against Yeshiva, and then you're on the road, Mount St. Mary and St. Lawrence, to wrap things up. Obviously, you need to win, but so how do you get the team focused on the task at hand while understanding the big picture at the same time? Sure. It's it's about respecting the process, as I mentioned, and going into practice every day focused and, and keeping that, that switch on, um, which is something we've struggled with at, at times during half the games. We've been a second-half team for majority of the season and and we talked to the guys about keeping that that switched on and and staying focused i mean i think we've got a tremendous advantage at home with our with our support that we're getting uh it's a small gym with a a small college feel to it all the student athletes uh very supportive we've got a student section we call the swamp and uh the soccer team i'd say the men's soccer team has been the ringleaders in that department and uh we just want to want to win as much as we can so that we can keep it at home for the skyline conference tournament um when you look at what let's look at this team uh essentially how you guys are made up you're a pretty young squad a lot of juniors a couple seniors um, and, and, uh, and a handful of sophomores as well. You're almost kind of positioned for the future, um, almost kind of ready for next year, as it were. You are led by a senior in Kai Deans, 18.2 points a game. Andre Robinson, a junior, 11.5 points a game, along with Jordan McRae, who's also a junior, and then a senior in Melvin Ford has 8.8 points a game. Of course, Dean's also hauling in nine rebounds. You'll certainly miss his presence, but you got a lot of guys who are, who are getting to learn how – how to win at Sage now, that's got to bode well for down the road as well. I think so. I think we're set up for uh, you know for a pretty good two-year period, but the focus is really on, on this year and these seniors and making some special memories for our, our three seniors who are going to be huge, you know, huge losses. Kai Dean, as you mentioned, having a fantastic season. Jake Sopcek. Um, another big guy coming off the bench is leading our conference in, in shot blocking. And Troy Nwana, who's, who's been a, a spark off the bench last night at, at purchase, he uh, pumped in 22 points. And um, the three of these guys who are our three captains, they're really the focus down the stretch here so that we can, we can make some special memories for them because they, they truly deserve it. Um, when you look at the fact that you're in position to do something special this season, can it can it be a little hard to not let it go to your head a little bit, as it were? No, I think. I mean, I've said this a few times about about respecting the process and keeping the switch on. We're hungry. I mean, it, we haven't accomplished anything yet to be in first place at this point in the season. It's. I mean, it's great, but. We haven't accomplished anything. So I think when you watch our team play, uh, they feel that because we, we talk about it and they're hungry, they're focused, and to um, keep climbing that ladder. I mean, we were in purchase last night, and I said to the team under the basket before we started the game, so I said it's, it's hard not to walk in here and notice uh, four NCAA tournament appearances and four conference championships in the last five years. So uh, we're very much a, a hungry group. Um, you you guys certainly are getting the job done. Um, that's for sure. You do have the game against Yeshiva coming up 
then Mount St. Mary and St. Lawrence or Sarah Lawrence. You need to stay ahead of Mount St. Vincent. Of course, you you, you split the doubleheader there, so they're going to have to go to other categories like St. Joseph of Long Island. But speaking of St. Joseph of Long Island, you guys have also had some funny moments. You guys played them at home just, uh, let's see, five days ago um, and beat them 87-63. But uh, were you sure you were playing the men's team? Um, <laughs> they forgot their jerseys and had to wear the women's jerseys. How strange of an occurrence was that? It was very strange, and I walked. I walked into the gym, um, the 20-minute warm-up clock had already started, so of course they were up there, you know, taking taking pre-game warm-ups, and uh, the St. Joe's coaching staff, just a great group uh, of guys, and, um, you know, had we known they were going going through that, and that's what they were going to do, we could offer to have them wear our, our road jersey I was or ask. You know, something like that, make them a little <laughs> bit more comfortable, but... Um, you know they shot it. They shot a shot it pretty well from three in the first half. So um, you know I don't know how much the jerseys were a factor, but certainly a, a, a very very entertaining moment um, <laughs> when you look back. When you look back, at least for us, I, I feel bad for them having to wear the women's jerseys after the women's team just finished wearing them for a game. Um, of course, the other thing that's interesting this season is that Purchase, who clearly was probably the favorite to win this conference. Um, enters, we had him at the Hoopsville Classic. You know, they lose their all-everything guy plus six other guys to injuries before the season even starts. Talk about just getting flipped on its head a little bit. How strange was it to be playing this season right now, knowing that maybe one of the favorites in purchase uh, just isn't the same team that you guys all expected them to be um, at all at this point in the season? Yeah, I think they certainly had some some setbacks. I mean, to, to put it mildly, uh they have, you know, they still have good players. They got some guys back after first semester. Uh, coaches really do a good job there, recruiting talent and um, you know getting those guys to play. So, but it definitely was a, a setback for them not to be at full strength early in the season, um, and really just coming in January trying to piece things together. And I still think they're going to be a very strong team here down the stretch. Talking to Brian Barnes here, a Sage head coach. Team is eighteen and four overall, twelve and three in the skyline. Coach, uh, your sports information director, Ann King, is a is a dean, as it were, in the sports information world. Had a wonderful conversation with her today. She was so kind as to share with me some pertinent information. If you don't mind, we're just going to play a quick little clip here on on YouTube. You should be able to maybe hear it. I'm not positive, but we'll do our best. And we talk a lot making memories, okay, it's the very first thing that I said in our summer workout letter, let's get ready to make some memories, okay, we are absolutely doing that this season, the best is yet to come. Hold on, coach, the best best part's coming. For their support, there's a special person here today who I would like to thank for her support. And that's my girlfriend, Michelle. It's a little long, Coach. Bear with me. I know you know what's coming. I just want to warn everybody that the best part's coming.
For the record, she said yes. She didn't say yes. 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 She said, and from our vantage point, she's just bouncing up and down. Uh, we, we were pretty sure she said yes. Um, Coach, first and foremost, this didn't, this happened just recently, did it not? This was just that So, listen, you want to keep your team focused. You're distracted. <laughs> All men have been through this who are married. They understand that's not an easy thing to keep separated in there how in the world do you keep focused when you know you're about to drop that bombshell oh boy uh it was tough it, it was just such an exciting day and an exciting week um you know it, it was going off rain or shine whether we we won <laughs> or we lost so i think the, the game the game really kind of helped um give me something to to focus on and it was an opportunity that that I saw where we would have so many special people together, um, her parents, my parents, friends, family, the team, of course, uh, really to give her the kind of proposal, um, you know, that that she deserved. So it would be it'd be truly special, and we of course have it on have it on film now forever. Um, well, it's definitely on film whether she likes it or not. Um, how, did the team know? How, did anybody besides apparently the mascot who was hiding the ring know about it? <laughs> no, you, you know what? I, I told one of uh, one of our assistant coaches he was gonna he was gonna do a video and he was actually on the camera. The team had had no idea, um, and the the mascot is funny story here quickly i i told the mascot the the day before he's never he hasn't been the mascot that's our, our manager who does the book the mascot couldn't make it that day so i said to our, our manager the night before we're going to have our our tailgater party after the game there's going to be a lot of kids there i'd like you to put the costume on for 10 15 minutes kind of walk around and uh, that's what I told him the night before, and and we got uh, about five five minutes before the uh, the big proposal there, and I called him into the the locker room, and I said, "Look, here's what's what's really going on. Don't screw it up." <laughs> See, I would have hit it in his in his in his gator mouth. Yeah, well, there's no there's no enclosement there, so it probably would have would have fell out. But you could see him in the video, kind of fumbling around yes. with it, trying to get it out. So I think he might have been a little bit nervous. Also, you th you've got a ring that is not yours, and you're not proposing to somebody. It's everybody else. Yeah, he's nervous. <laughs> of course, he's nervous. Hey, coach, congratulations! That is an outstanding uh, uh, opportunity for you. I'm glad she said yes. Uh, good luck with the marriage plans uh, uh, in the sense of planning that wedding. Uh, <laughs> uh, just sit back, let her do it. Just, Absolutely. It's a, it's a lot easier. <laughs> hey, Coach, the other part of being in the school of the week was we have a little fun with trivia. So I, I hope you don't mind. Uh, we always have a little fun with the City of Salem School of the Week trivia contest. In the sense, we just ask you about five questions regarding the college, the program, maybe the athletics department. Do you mind if we have a little fun with you and ask you some five questions? I've been stressing about stressing out about it all day. So I, it's not. Ahead. Trust me, I didn't do that great of research for this one. You're going to get most of these pretty darn easily. We'll start with an easy one. Sage College uh, has only been a uh, a full you know institution for a few years. Uh, what was the name of the school prior? It was 
junior college of Albany, and they were the Sabres. And you told my second one. My second question was going to be, what was the previous mascot? Well, there two it goes. Two. There you go. Yeah, two for two. Two for two without even trying. That's that's the ridiculous part. A lot of people do not realize this, but uh, it's actually called the Sage Colleges. Can you name me the three colleges involved? Sage College of Albany, Russell Sage College, and the Sage Graduate Schools. You're, you're correct, sir. I told you. Really didn't try that hard at this. Uh, whatsoever. Uh, just throwing things around, really. Um, of those three colleges, though, which was the first one to establish and when? Russell Sage. I believe we've got a, a hundred. We've got a hundred years coming up. I'm going to say 1917. It's close. 1916. Okay. That was pretty good. I I'll give you that coming one. Up. Uh, and the next one, I'm going to go to your program here. Obviously, these are records based on you guys as a four-year institution. I didn't go into the uh, the J.C. Albany group. Um, who who was the who has scored the most points for the program, and how many points did he score in his career? Well, the first part's easy. That's that's Mason Horn. Mm, um, it's not Mason Horn. The most points for our four-year program yeah it's mason horn well i've got this as matt farbotko matt was our matt was our first thousand point score but mason is is our all-time leading scorer oh yeah i'm just talking four-year i'm sorry so mason scored more at the other when you guys were jc albany no he he was four-year but he had a he had a, a he was a fifth year player because he had an ACL, so maybe that's maybe that's what's throwing it off. Well, I've got I got Matt down for twelve hundred and forty four points and Mason down for nine hundred seventy five. You know what? The other thing too is here. I just realized this isn't maybe updated, so Matt's probably passed or Matt, Mason probably passed Matt. Now that I think about it, I'm getting old information. That's my fault. I didn't do a good enough research. You're probably right. Now that I look at this, uh, you're right. The fifth year is going to leap him over that. Disregard, coach. You got all five. I, I told you, I didn't have the greatest research uh, in my in my efforts today. I did my best. Uh, Coach, congratulations on what is absolutely a terrific season, obviously, for the Gators. I kind of love Gators in Albany, by the way. It's like the river rats of the uh, ice hockey world up there. Um, uh, again, 18-4 and four overall, 12-3 and three in conference. We always give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Yeah, just final thoughts. Really a big thank you to all of the support staff and the the folks at Sage from the athletic training staff, certainly Ann King in athletic communications, my boss, Danny Drews, our athletic director. And the support really, it starts with the student body and the student athletes and all the way up through the, the coaches and the administration, President Scrimshaw. It's just small college, as I mentioned, with that small college feel that makes it, makes it special. Well, congratulations, like I said. Uh, well said, um, and good luck the rest of the season. Love to see the Gators in the NCAA tournament, so we wish you the luck to get there. Thanks so much, Dan. Appreciate it. Take care, it. and congratulations on the engagement. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks again. Take care. Brian Barnes joining us from Sage. Again, the team is 18-4 and four overall, 12-3. and three. In conference action, taking on Yeshiva uh, t- on <laughs> Sunday, 
obviously playing Shiva on Sunday at home, and then uh, Mount St. Mary and St. Lawrence on the road to wrap up the regular season. A little bit behind schedule, got two more guests still to come, believe it or not. We'll jump out to the Iowa Athletic Intercollegiate Athletics Conference, talk Buena Vista, and then we'll talk to a donator here of the Hoopsville Fundraising Project, and we'll talk to Phil Nagley coming up here on Hoopsville. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. Plenty more Hoopsville ahead right here. Uh, and we'll be back right after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I know sports is important, but having the academic part along with it is a big plus. I've discovered in myself, you know, a newfound ability to overcome adversity at all different angles. At a Division III school, school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. The end result, in my mind, is you just become a very well-rounded person. Before I came into college, I didn't really think I'd be able to balance so much. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. With a D3 school, there's a lot of time for other opportunities. The coaches expect a lot of you during soccer, but after soccer, that's your own personal time to really find out who you are and other opportunities that you can pursue. By balancing all of my interests, basketball, my leadership skills, and academics, I'm able to better prioritize my life and to manage it. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. 
from eastern to occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Division Three allows you to be able to give yourself to other things. Not even just participate in them, but really get involved with them if you want to. There's a lot of interaction. Um, it's not just sitting back, taking notes. You're actually doing hands-on things and better preparing yourself for your major. Choosing a Division III school, I've had the opportunity to develop my leadership skills and to be more involved on campus. Division III in athletics you know, affords students the opportunity not only to participate, in uh, intercollegiate athletics at a competitive level, but also gives them the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport and outside of the academics on the campus. And to have opportunity to have time to join clubs and being able to play basketball, it allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. I wouldn't change it for the world. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, quick clarification. We had a little bit of a scheduling snafu. Started with us. Got a little more confusing and then got more confusing after that. Long story short, we said Buena Vista's head coach, Brian Van Hafteren, would join us on the show tonight. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen. We apologize for any of you out there who was expecting him. We um, it Literally, it, it started with me trying to send out emails about interview requests um, during a basketball game yesterday while I'm PA announcing and then flipping that around um, and um, and uh, and then in those emails, you should say they say Sunday. I meant today. Thought I cleared that up. It didn't get cleared up. I screwed it up even more. Long story short, Coach Van Haften not, not able to join us, which is unfortunate, but uh, we will uh, get him on the show sometime soon. Of course, the West region, fascinating. Of course, the the um, Wyack being out of there, uh, they're no longer a part of the of the conversation. But the West region, pr probably not that surprising on the men's side. St. Thomas, number one. St. Olaf, number two. Chapman, three. Buena Vista's four. Dubuque, five. Whitman, and then Whitworth. Whitman and Whitworth, not very strong SOSs. Of course, Whitworth taking an untimely loss to Whitman going into that. Um, and Whitworth's SOS kind of putting them back behind Whitman there. So, you know, the NWC is probably going to get one team into the tournament this year. Um, Chapman, of course, now has another loss there. So, you know, a lot of schools in the West are looking at just one bid. Of course, Buena Vista and Dubuque together, that's a fascinating turn of event. Of course, Brian Van Hafton used to be the head of the West region. He's no longer the head of the West region. We'll get him on later. I promise you, either Sunday or Monday or Thursday, we will figure it out when to get him on the show accordingly. If you have questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Um, of course, you can uh, also, uh, you know, questions for us. Uh, we're, we're wrapping up the show here. we got one more guest here to come momentarily. Um, but if you have questions for us or if you've got um, whatever, ask Dave, let's call it, Fire away. Uh, don't forget, we're also on the air 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. One other thing we haven't done a lot of pushing on, but we're going to try and start pushing it just a little bit more, is the Hoopsville Fundraising Project. 
Of course, the Hoopsville Fundraising Project important to us because um, anything that you're able to donate to us helps us improve the show. It's helped improve this studio. We've improved cameras. We've been able to go on the road a little bit more often. Um, it's allowed us to do things that we have not been able to do with this show. Uh, let's be honest. You know, I might have paid for the money out of my own pocket uh, to get the Lauren Hill jersey anyway, but that would have taken a, out of the pocket from something else. So whatever, you know, last year, very humbling, had a very major um, fundraising project, raised a lot of money. We, we put up a fundraising project a month ago at half that amount of money. Um, we're not even halfway to that new goal. And so that's a quarter of what we raised last year. If we raised three quarters or a little under three quarters of what we raised last year, I promise the Skyac I'll come out there next year uh, for some basketball to, to take in. There's opportunities here I'd love to take advantage of but it's hard to do out of our own pockets. And that's just the reality of things. So if, it, if you feel like this is something worthwhile to cover and it's something that you feel deserves uh, it, the attention of some sorts, please feel free to, to donate to the cause. If you can't and you can pass it along, please do so. We'll tweet out a link here momentarily to that. Um, but you can also find more information on Facebook. One of the perks, by the way, if you sign up, you can sign up for a $25 perk, a $50 perk, a $100 perk, and a $250 perk if those perks run out we'll add more perks at different varying amounts but at $50 you can get a at 25 we get an internal thanks from us $50 you'll get our thanks plus a hoopsville t-shirt uh, $100 you'll get uh, all of what I've mentioned plus um, we'll get uh, any guests that you want on the show plus wearing their shirt of course I'm wearing an NYU shirt that shirt came from last year's fundraising efforts and then if you sign up for $250 perk and you know you can donate more than that if you want and we have had one person donate more than that in one donation um, then you get to appear on the show well that gets us to our next guest Phil Nagley donated to the cause not sure why he's a freaking college student after all there's a lot of a lot of things I would do with $250 if I was a college student but we are humble nonetheless that Phil decided it was worth donating to our show and joining us on the Hoopsville hotline is Phil, Phil Nagley Phil thanks so much for joining me on the show sir for having me on the show absolutely well you certainly earned it that's for sure we should tell everybody you're a Messiah College student correct Yes, senior. I graduate in May, so now it's crunch time. Find a job, uh, do well in classes, etc. There you go. That's the tough part about being a senior is the is the fact that the classes end and you got to figure out your future. Um, so thank you so much for the donation. We will get your guest of choice on at a later date, to be sure. Um, but we got you on instead, and we have lots of questions to ask you. You may have questions to ask us, but let's start here and now. Um, why do you love Division Three? I mean, being a college student is one thing, and certainly supporting your team is another, but you you certainly love this division. Yeah, I think why Division Three? Because I think that's where true amateurism happens. I think D1 and D2 athletes are being paid to play the sport, scholarship-wise. And that's a whole different discussion for being paid for other reasons. But I think at D3 level, people are choosing colleges not because of money at, uh, for athletics, but they're choosing where they want to go because that's the right fit for them. They, they see a, a calling there. They see a higher purpose there, at least for Messiah students. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves. They want to be a part of a, a program where you know winning is something at a lot of schools, but at a lot of other schools like Messiah, winning isn't the only reason they choose that school. Well, that's absolutely the case. A lot of times uh, just getting to compete is an opportunity more than something you won in championships. Of course, at Messiah, men's and women's soccer, eh, 
kind of good. Um, just just a wee <laughs> bit good. Um, something like 15 national championships between the two of them. Uh, but the other programs are certainly good as well. What got you hooked? Um, when you know when you got to, at what point did you get hooked into the athletics when you got to Messiah? And at what point did you get hooked in uh, to the excitement that is also um, uh, Division three basketball? Yeah, I think I got hooked in athletics. You know, soccer season um, mainly because they were doing well. I honestly wasn't really into soccer before I went to Messiah. Um, and then SID Steve King reached out about, you know, working for athletics, doing different things. And that's what kept me hooked throughout the four years, different sports, different opportunities. And Division Three, and Hoopsville, mainly because you had Mike Miller on at one, you know, you've had him on almost every year. You know, and okay, he's, you know, go watch this. Okay, I'm watching it. You know, and then I'm like, okay, let me watch this every week. Have you really watched every week, sir? No, but back then I was, you know. <laughs> now I try to, you know, like last week I tuned in for the first hour and then had to go do something. But, you know, I try to, especially now that you archive it, put it on iTunes or wherever else it is, you know, I try to go back, especially in the off-season and listen. And, you know, being involved in the Hoopsville Classic, you know, getting to be involved in, you know, other things than just Messiah, I think it just shows a greater appreciation for the division and the sport as well. Uh, yeah, I want to thank you for helping us out at the Hoopsville Classic. We should point that out. He did a lot of the writing for us. Um, Phil, you certainly know the Mid-Atlantic region as a result of following the Messiah men's and women's basketball teams from both vantage points, sexes, I should say. Um, what's your take on the region this year? Yeah, I think first, you know, just starting with the Commonwealth, it's, it's a division that's competitive every year. Uh, you know, any team can beat anybody on any given day, except this year it seems like no one can beat Stevenson, at least in conference play. They get close. Masai got close last weekend, and they couldn't pull away. And then Stevenson being a, a team that's very – not that they're only very good, but they're also – they have the depth. So if, you know, one player goes down with foul trouble or an injury or whatever, then – they sub them out, bring someone else in, and it just seems like they have that experience. They've, you know, they they play twice a year, so they play every conference opponent twice a year, so they learn from that first game. And, you know, Messiah was on the way to winning, and then Stevenson basically started double teaming, fixed up their defense, and basically uh, forced Messiah into making a lot of. Uh, Silly passes, which seems to be a common theme this year. But you know, and then we saw it again last night. Albright, they've clinched the playoff spot. You know, first time they beat Messiah at Messiah since I think 1997, according to their coach last night. But um, you know, Messiah, specifically the women, they have only two seniors. One went down with an injury against at LVC, so that's kind of unfortunate. She's out for the year, but. They're more of a younger squad this year. They graduated a lot of key players, which seems to be the theme over the year. But this year, they didn't really have a core senior class or a core junior class. So it's a lot of youngsters and a lot of players getting some starting time that they're not used to. Yeah, absolutely. And that sometimes can grow into some success in the future. Point out, by the way, Stevenson men lost uh, last night. But I know you probably already knew that. Stevenson women uh, of course, have have clinched first place in the conference. 
Um, the yeah. men's side, Lycoming still leads, but Stevenson's right there behind them with a big game coming up on Saturday between those two teams uh, in Owings Mills. What about the rest of the region? What do you think about the rest of the region, especially uh, maybe on the men's side? Yeah, uh, you know, Masai men, same you know thing. It, it just seems to men, it seems like there's you never know who's going to come away at top at the end of the uh, you know conference play into the you know playoffs. Top five make it on the Commonwealth side, even with Eton leaving. I think it's still five. Yeah, four it's still five. five. Yep, and, yep. Yeah, four place five and you know, one place four, two and three, and then you go from there. But you know the men, you know they got a big win last night against Albright. The, you know a, a side that's right below them in the bottom. And the side at this point needs to win out and get some help on the men's side. The women, it, it, it's somewhat frustrating that. They dropped that result to Widener, given that Widener's at the bottom of the league. But Commonwealth Freedom, it seems like anybody can beat anybody on any given night. <laughs> Same in the middle, you know, middle Atlantic. It, it just seems like there's some results that it's like, how did that happen? Like <laughs> Eastern beating FDU Florham, yeah. who Messiah lost to last year in the, the tournament. But, you know, it, it, it's one of those things which is maybe another reason why, like, Division Three sports as a whole, there seems to be more upsets, more nail-biters, more games that there's, you know, there's those high-caliber teams that do well every year, but then there's those teams that you never know they're going to, you know, go on a Cinderella run, they're, they're going to start hot like Messiah's men did last year and then flutter out and not make the, you know, the playoffs, not make the NCAA tournament. But, you know, it's interesting for the women that Messiah women have made the NCAA tournament since you know, since I've been at Messiah for four years, but I think it's something like 15 straight years. Don't have that right in front of me, but this year, like you and I were talking yesterday, they basically need to get the automatic qualifier in the Commonwealth, and unless they somehow can beat Stevenson, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, I don't see the, the Commonwealth getting an extra bid, I don't think, right now. Yeah. Um, no, not, on the women's side. and the men's side, it's going to be – I don't think the men's side, unless Lycoming can, can really keep running along here, I don't, I don't see – uh, the men getting an extra bid, I don't think either. Um, just just some weak, not weak, but just average at best SOS numbers um, th- throughout yeah. the region. Um, any any memories you're going to take? Obviously, this season isn't over, but any memories you're going to take when you when you leave as a senior? Yeah, I think um, on the women's side, I think just from a public perception, I think the women at least. At least to me, they seem closer, at least in their warm-ups and stuff, not taking anything away from the men. But I think I enjoy going to the women's games more, and I've been calling the women's games uh, this year for Messiah Radio and such. But I think from the women's games, they're just somewhat more entertaining to watch because I don't know what exactly it is, but they just do something that's magical on the court, winning and losing, you know, game in, game out. They're just It just seems more of a family unit out there. Now, granted, the coach, Coach Miller, had his daughter for four years on the court, yeah. uh, one of the seniors that graduated. So it was somewhat of a family unit. But it just seems like the, the women, their chemistry, they're just tighter. There's something going on there. Probably Mike Miller's been there 29 years, so it probably has something to do with it. But it just just going to those women's basketball games, going to the soccer games, too, we're going to miss that in field hockey. But, you know, basically just being on campuses, going to be somewhat weird when I'm not there in August and I've 
never really gone home for an extended period of time. I've always worked on campus in some capacity in the summer, so it's going to be weird this summer when I'm not <laughs> in the dorm room thinking, uh, when do I have to go to work? <laughs> <laughs> ah, the life of a college student. Um, anything on anything else on your mind? We'll let, we'll leave it open to you. Yeah, I just think I think the Commonwealth and you know the Mid Atlantic as a whole. The, the executive director was at the the women's game last night. Ken Andrews. Um, don't really know why. I guess he just like he likes to go to a lot of games, but usually I'm seeing him when Messiah's either when they were in Texas for soccer. Uh, national championships or, you know, a, a MAC championship, whether it be Commonwealth or Freedom. Yeah. But I guess, you know, for the women, you know, Messiah was playing Albright. That was uh, two of the top teams in the conference playing, and who knows, he could have had a meeting close by. But I just think that's another thing. With the conference, it seems like the the uh, executive director, Ken Andrews, and his staff seem to be, they are always in that, they're always in the public at these events. They're, they're not really hidden. Not, now, if you don't know who he is or who they are, <laughs> you, you won't know. But, you know, I, he introduced himself when I was in Texas. You know, so it just I think that's another special thing that D3, D3 coaches and D3 administrators need to have those connections for a, a bunch of different reasons. But I think it's just more genuine, too. I think they actually genuinely care about the student athletes, the, the coaches, their staff, the fans as a whole. It's a different experience. Now, Masai doesn't charge for admission, so it's kind of weird when, oh, by the way, we have to charge because Mac or NCAA are telling us to. But you know, I think the students appreciate that more, that they do different promotions, different fundraisers. They, they had a sumo night during wrestling last week against York, and you know that's like the highlight of the night for all the people there that were there to see, you know, people that could actually wrestle wrestle but you know there's a men's soccer player taking on a lacrosse player and that's like everybody's favorite takeaway from the night so i think just the different promotions the different atmosphere the different experiences now favorite memory probably messiah will be when they beat lvc on the road last year mike miller mm-hmm. you know messiah's up by like 10 or something mike miller LVC calls a timeout. Mike Miller just runs down the bench and starts high-fiving everybody. You don't see that often. No, you do not. It's a fair point. Hey, uh, now that, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that was a big win. You know, they lost it. To, it seems like LVC and Messiah, one year, Messiah will win both of the regular seasons, and they'll, they'll lose the third. It happens that they play each other, and they lose the third, you know, the third game, third matchup. And, but last year, it was the flip side. Messiah lost close. To LVC, I believe, and then you know had to play. They were the they were the third seed, so they had to play Etown away, and then they faced LVC away at LVC's court. And if anybody knows anything about LVC, their fans come to the games. Oh so yeah, especially especially women's basketball, um, especially last year when they were making that yeah. run when they were doing really well. That was a, a big, you know, just like this year, Masai wasn't doing that well from a historical standpoint, but you know they somehow came away somehow played well somehow, you know, stole that win from LVC. And for the players, it was a revenge-type thing sure. because one or two years ago, previous to that, they LVC took it on their court. Well, you certainly have followed Division Three pretty darn nicely. Uh, I'll open up the floor. Do you have any questions for me? Yeah, you had a job for me. <laughs> <laughs> I barely have a job for myself, my friend. I know. you got Yeah, you're... 
crazy busy with, oh, this place and Goucher for 20 years and Stevenson this. And- yep. 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 I, three schools and maybe a couple more to add to that lovely list. Um, uh, make sure you see your family, please. Oh, I try. That's why I do the show in the house. That's why I do the show in the house. Um, any other questions, sir? Uh, not really. Just, you know, I, I hope, you know, your fundraiser goes well. You know, it's over 55% now. Um, so yeah. I hope people start giving. I hope the schools and the conferences understand what you're doing. I know Division Three is seeing it now with your YD3 show, but I, I think people either aren't aware of it like I wasn't, but then when you have that coach on the school, it's then made aware that, oh, what is this show? Okay, cool. Um, I, I just think you're doing you and Pat and the rest of the D3 network and the soccer guys included that are no longer a part of the network for different reasons. But I think you guys are doing a service to not only the NCAA in a way, but those student athletes, those coaches, those fan bases out there that, you know, you get a lot of, not hate mail, but you get a lot of, why didn't you pick that team for the top 25? <laughs> now, I remember a Messiah athlete tweeting you and saying, well, why aren't we up there? And I'm thinking, you need to prove yourself on the court. And then the next game they lost. So it's like, <laughs> that's why he didn't vote for you. Yeah. 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 That's sometimes it ends up working out that way a little too easily. Don't you? <laughs> and then sometimes it's like, why didn't I pick you? Yeah, exactly. Hey, but uh, top 25s are hard to, you know, choose oh, a lot of the times, especially they, this year. You got our roulette wheel, basically. Pretty much. I'm, I'm going to start on the back here, just throwing up all the names of teams at above 667 records and start throwing darts again. I did that a couple of weeks ago. I think I'm going to do it again. <laughs> hey, sir, I appreciate you coming on the show. I really appreciate the donation. Very kind of you. We will get your guest uh, request on the show uh, at a later date. Uh, I promise you that. If I haven't harassed me, we will get them on, though. Um, and as always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Uh, just to keep listening in, uh, Dave does a great job. I think the show is one of the reasons why I want to. You know, I switched majors, too. I forgot to mention this. I, was, I came in math ed. A semester later, I switched to youth ministry. And then two years, basically, to the date, I switched to sport management. Partly after a sports broadcasting class, I had a free, we had J-Con three-week semester during January, and it's part of tuition, so I said, okay, I'll take this class. And then, you know, between that and listening to your show, following all the stuff that you, Pat, and the rest of the game do, I thought, you know, I think I'm better in sports. I think that's where I need to be. And, you know, I think it's, it's you know, it's something that whether, wherever I end up, whether it's, you know, a D3 school or a D2 school or D1 school, I think you always need to remember where you started from. That is true. Yeah, that is a very good point. Um, sometimes the, the where you start from is more important than where you end. Hey, Phil, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. Again, thank you for the contribution. I'll look forward to chatting with you uh, offline uh, throughout the rest of the season. Thank you. Take care, Phil. Bill Nagley joining us from Messiah. Again, great donation from him. I really appreciate it. Um, you can get on the show if you make a donation as well. We'll tweet out more information here shortly. If you got any questions for us before the show ends, tweet them to us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. I did get a, an email from somebody. I don't think I can... It's probably one of those in-depth ones. I'm not going to be able to answer it. Yeah, there's just no way right now. Um, but I'll get to that at another time. Um, 
don't forget, again, uh, we'll be on the air Sunday, 7 o'clock, uh, and then next Thursday, 7 o'clock. Of course, next Thursday, the regional rankings will have just come out because uh, next week, as I said at the earlier part of the show, regional rankings will be delayed till Thursday next week due to the fact that the stats database, for lack of a better description, uh, at the NCAA headquarters will be um, will be upgraded over the weekend, meaning there's going to be about a two, three-day period of time there where games and stats will not get sent to the NCAA. As a result of that, that stuff will be put in on Monday. Well, Monday is normally the day that the, the RACs have their meetings, and as a result of the RACs having meetings on Monday, they need the data, and that data needed to have been already compiled. Well, it won't be compiled to at least Monday, so that means that the RACs will now meet on Tuesday. Um, Tuesday turns into Wednesday now for committee meetings when national committee when those usually take place on Tuesdays uh, you get my point so the regional rankings coming out next Thursday um, and again through Sunday is the, is the key uh, of the still there's still Sunday games uh, as a result um, first and foremost, let me uh, go through my guest list and thank again St. Vincent, Geneseo State, Mary Washington, and Sage um, basketball teams. And, of course, there are sports information directors. We did screw up with the Buena Vista interview. We apologize. We will get him on the show uh, in the next show or two. Either we'll get Brian on Sunday or we'll get him on Monday, one of the two dates coming up here soon. We'll talk to him about the IIAC. Um what else have known? I mean, two and a half weeks left, ladies and gentlemen. Really, it's a week le- week and a half left until we're into conference championships. Listen, this is already complicated. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's already complicated in Division Three. It is already a crazy year. There's already a ton of regional losses. There's, If you think for any way, shape, or form that it's going to be a simple conference championship week, you're nuts. Let's just say anybody who's currently on Pool C, go win your conference. Because if if right now a team is sitting there seemingly as an at-large team already, the chances of you still having a viable at-large opportunity come the end of this month are probably slim because there's going to be upsets. We've already seen. I mean, Wednesdays have been crazy this year. I haven't gone and looked it all out, but just look at yesterday. One, three, five, nine, all lost on the men's side. Plus, what, 19 lost? I mean, granted, one of them was was destined to lose, Illinois Wesleyan and Augustana. And Augustana but and Augustana killed Illinois Wesleyan. Certainly, Whitewater and Stevens Point, one of them was going to lose. But still, Whitewater lost. We're going to have a new number one on Monday, most likely. And it's probably going to be St. Thomas, who I've been voting for for a month or more. I've been the only one for a couple weeks. It was weird. I just went with St. Thomas. I thought they were the best team. For my sake, I haven't had to change my number one vote. The rest of the top 25 has been crazy. I, I blogged this week. Crazy. The second half, I, I tried to get, I have about 30 teams Last week, I was trying to get into 12 slots. The last 12, I had 30 teams. So now add in the original 13. So I had 13 teams plus another 30. So I had 43 teams I was looking at for the top 25. And honestly, I could have still cast my net even further out and probably easily had gotten to 40 uh, to 50. Easily. But I whittled it down to 43. 
for a top 25. I mean, that is how it, it, the, the parity in men's basketball this year is incredible. Women's, the top is darn good. It's going to be a fun watch on the women's side of who won't get upset and who's going to get matched up when in the tournament. On the men's side, it's not going to be a question of who's getting upset. It's going to be a question of how many are upset. And it's in, and the matchups are going to be fascinating because I've said it already. Second round, we always talk, oh, gosh, I wish the committee didn't do that. That's, that's the bracket of death. It's the tournament of death this season. I promise you. We're going to see second round games none of us want to see because everybody's good. Nobody's great. Everybody's good. Nobody's great. Everybody's good. You're going to get a couple dark horses, I think, in Salem. And I don't mean dark horse in the sense of a team that's never been there. I mean a team that we just didn't think could get through that gauntlet. Teams are going to survive to get to Salem. Survive to get to Salem. It's it's going to be a great year. Follow it all right here on Hoopsville. Sundays and Thursdays, 7 o'clock Eastern time. We're going to wrap up this show here. Appreciate you tuning in. Thank you so much. We'll be back on Sunday at 7 o'clock Eastern time with plenty more Hoopsville. Don't forget the Hoopsville fundraising campaign. We will we are going to really start pushing that in earnest on social media, so please keep track of that as well. Thanks so much for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. Uh, again, if you want to connect with us on social media, at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville on Twitter or twitter.com slash D3Hoopsville. Also, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Of course, email Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we will see you back here uh, on Sunday night. 7 o'clock Eastern time. For all, all of our guests, thank you for watching. Thank you to all our guests for appearing on the show. And we'll be back right here on Sunday night. Good night, everybody.